Welcome to episode 432 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. And it's a spoiler-free podcast and we're talking about episodes that were broadcast in the UK between the 17th and the 21st August in the best year of all of our lives so far, 2020. Uh, that's episode 10,102 <laughs> to 10,104. That's very, that's, you, You're living been, your best life, taking, everybody. You've been stealing my energy drink. Gemma. No, I'm overcompensating because I'm actually really, really ill at the moment. Gemma's got, got a horrible, migraine again. She's I don't think it's quite a migraine, Walker. but I've got a really bad headache and I do feel a bit sick. Okay, you right. said that this is a spoiler-free podcast. I don't know how... how much we are going to be able to stick to that policy. I think we'll do a good... We'll try our hardest. We try our hardest today. Right, but we're not going to talk about why, because that's a spoiler. It's <laughs> oh our eighth God. anniversary of the podcast this <gasps> yes, week. Yes, it is. Happy anniversary, darling. Happy Ooh. anniversary. Eight Thanks years. for forcing me to do this for every Stop week. It. For eight years. I've only this... forced you to do it some weeks. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, when will this madness end? Never. <laughs> Thank you to all the messages we had about our eighth anniversary as well. I was fishing oh, yeah. a little bit on Twitter yeah, by we putting, a, putting a we tweet out saying right... happy birthday us. We got some whales, didn't we? Well, we no, we got. I, I didn't fish on Facebook at all. but um, I did. Yeah. But, <laughs> but honestly, really, no, genuinely, whenever I read people saying that they listen to this and it helps them in even a small way, even if it's just to get through a boring journey or a, or a task, it makes me so happy I said this before, but I, I really don't know what my, the purpose of my life is. And it's a question that haunts my <laughs> every waking moment. But to know that I can make people happy for three hours a week is so is just the most precious gift ever. So I am grateful for the opportunity to be able to do this podcast. And um, thank you for everyone for listening. Even if you haven't listened for the whole eight years, but you'll be happy to know the entire back catalogue is available on conversationstreet.podbean.com It is. Now you say that um, th- this is maybe your only purpose in life. If you don't find anything quick, you're going to have to have some of the listeners do your eulogy at your funeral because it's still a bit of a secret to all the families, isn't it? You know, no, nobody oh, yeah. that's going to be no, there. No, yeah, if I die and nobody from the podcast comes to my funeral, people are going to be stumped about what to say. They'll be like, <laughs> well... You know, you know when people get murdered and they were like the they lit up a room and they were always ready with a smile and they were so kind and caring. They're gonna say that about you. No, they're not. They're gonna go. Well, she definitely was alive at one point. <laughs> well, maybe at some point between now and your death, you might have to just go public with this whole podcast thing. But not yet. Although that does remind me that it nearly happened again last week because one of my colleagues at school said that she spotted some of the photos on Facebook. It's because you. It's because I um, I had accidentally commented them as myself, and then but they appeared listen, on their feet. I've told you you're playing with fire here. I know. This is the, the thing. Time, right? One day I don't have anybody. We'll be right. Literally, nobody in my life would care. I don't have anybody that would care that I did this. I think your mum would think it was quite My cool. mum would love this, yeah. But she <laughs> just forget your mum. I would never forget my mum. I was texting her today because we were watching the Golden State Killer trial. Did anybody see this? Blimmin' Joseph D'Angelo stood up and took his mask off and made a statement. I can't believe it. I was there. My jaw was on the floor. I was, I was, I was ca- texting my mum, all caps. He's standing up, he's standing up. I was like, Michael, come through. This is history. How did that compare to the drama of Coronation Street this week, though, Gemma? 
oh, there's been more drama in Coronation Street off screen than on screen. I can tell you that for nothing. But oh, we're not dear. here to talk about that. No. I'll tell you what, another thing. We came off holiday, came back, and now our cat is really fat and she's not pregnant. I, no, I hope not. Otherwise, my operation went a bit wrong. Yeah, Abby's put on a load of weight. She is super fat now. She's a big fat cat. She's not she's super, super fat. Michael doesn't even see it, but she's gained like... She's gained a bit of weight. She's, she's a bit like of a, a tubby around the tummy. She's a big, fat, flabby, fat She hasn't fat. gained a kilogram. She's she too fat. Imagined. She's on a diet. Yeah. Um, also, coming back off holiday, um, we got some. Um, we had some Coronation Street books, didn't we? Yes, I ordered some Coronation Street books. Which is very nice. Nice surprise, nice surprise for, for Gemma. From Gemma. So that that's something for me to delve into. I don't know when because I don't really... I don't, <laughs> don't really read books. <laughs> no. You've got a book to read for school that you haven't read yet. I know, I know. Um, no, I just, there's, uh, lately, like the last two, three weeks, this podcast has taken Michael's over. I've done nothing but work. <laughs> Every I'm really li- worried now. living hour of my life. I've been into school a few days this week, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm exhausted. Well, but, you're a glutton for punishment. I know, I know. But I really, really enjoy. I'm really, really proud of what we've come up with with the Corypedia videos and everything, yeah. which, by the way, it's too late. You haven't voted by now. Well, unless, unless no. as we're speaking... You're going to vote in the next six minutes, but that's all done. But those videos have been great. The videos for the the holiday that we've been put up, I've been really, really pleased with since I knacker into doing. Um, but you yeah, see so, why this is people, some people's full time jobs to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Speaking of which, make sure for the middle bit, the bonus section of the podcast this week, you are if you at all possibly can having a look at that on YouTube because it is by far the greater experience. Um, because it's got lots of lovely video and footage and everything of our holiday in it. But if you just want to listen to it and imagine how beautiful Manchester... Well, we barely talk about Manchester actually this week, do we? Blackberry and Shrewsbury... Blackberry? No, Blackberry. <laughs> Blackpool and Shrewsbury prison are... Then get right ahead. But anyway, it's on YouTube. It's on podbean.com to listen to. But... Yeah. Oh, I don't know how people are going to choose because we do have a little interview on the audio-only version, don't we? I know, we've done a bit of a weird I didn't do it on purpose thing. just to try and make people download each one. Basically, when we were at Shrewsbury Prison, we had a chat with Joel. Um, Joel, who is the head of the Campbell Group. Joel Campbell. He's basically the guy who was in charge of taking Shrewsbury Prison and turning it into a tourist attraction and filming well, location for places like Coronation Street's Prison Riots last year. And Holby and a few other things. So we chatted for him just, for like, 10, 15 minutes He's one of these people so. that you speak to and you go, what am I doing with my life? He's got goals in life, that man. What? How? What? He's got a purpose you, and there drive. Is, there's no God because he wouldn't allow people like this to exist to make the rest of us look bad. Anyway, if you're particularly interested <laughs> in some behind the scenes stories of what went on in Coronation, um, at Shrewsbury Prison last year when Jack P. Shepherd and co rocked up to film those riot scenes, then... As well as watching the video on YouTube, which I really can't recommend more highly. Um, yeah. <laughs> only because it took me so much work, I don't want to feel like I've just been put on the internet for nobody to hear. I messed Download up. Download the audio version as well. And at the end of the prison section, um, you get to hear 10 or 15 minutes of Joel talking. I messed up because we Michael put together the videos of the prison and then gave me a timestamp for talking about it. And I spoke for way, way too long because I had so much to say about things that I observed and I was and the reason I sound so garbled and stupid is because Michael was looking at me and giving me glaring looks. I don't have enough footage to cover how much you're saying so here. So not Gemma. only did I not only did I waffle but 
I, yeah. I think it's fine. Really I think it's fine. Everybody. But the reason that we put the interview on the audio version and not the um, the video one is well, we, we didn't film the interview. Good job, too, because people were wandering around all over the place. In the <laughs> they were a little bit. You can probably hear some people in the background. I was glaring at them, but you can't, you couldn't see my face. <laughs> no, I didn't want to just put a load of random prison footage over uh, over the interview. So, yeah, that's a little audio um, exclusive for you there. Other most exciting things happened to me this Hang on a minute, week. we didn't sit. We I had a massive diversion, and we didn't actually say what about? these Coronation Street books were that you ordered. Can for I me. just say I've got a PlayStation Four? You can say. I'm so excited. I've You've got, defected I'm be, from be Nintendo. Quiet. Please be quiet. I got I got Last of Us. I've got Last of Us. Last of Us Two. I download. I'm down trying to download Red. What's it called? Red Dead Redemption Two, and that's like a hundred gigabytes. And I've got Call of Duty too for some reason because it was free. Mm. I'm I'm living my best life. Gemma thinks that she's such a grown up gamer so now cool. that she's got can, a PlayStation. I can do shooting. I I was dying all the time, but now I'm really good. I can shoot people with my shotgun. It's great. Anyway, talking about the books that we got, Michael. The first book. This is the book that you specifically told me that you wanted to get, and I told you that they didn't have any on Amazon. Yeah, how did you find this? I lied to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, this is the Coronation Street Access All Areas it. book. And um, interestingly enough, that the seller who sold that mm. also gave gave us the other two biographies. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. So this is Coronation Street Access All Areas. It was published around the turn of the turn of the millennium, I think, and it's like a, basically how Coronation Street is made behind the scenes, which sounds fascinating to me. And I'm I know it's going to be a little bit out of date now. Comparing how they make it now to how they made it twenty be years ago. I know it's interesting to see what. But it'll be an inter- really interesting little time capsule, and um, I'm sure there are some, you know, some bits in here that are still it's still done that way these well, days. So I'm looking forward to getting. I think I'm going to get that first. I can certainly tell you that somebody who is quoted in that book still works for Coronation Street in exactly the same position as they oh, were. Yes, yes. Alison Sinclair is in there talking about what it's like to work for. Um, yeah, no, I'm, 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 honestly, I'm really, really looking forward to getting into this. The reason I know about this book is because it's the one that Mark Llewellyn had when um, when I saw him last week and we had a look around Ashton Underline together. So that's really Did great. Did he just invite you into his house and go, look at my now, book? there's also, I just need to reach over and get them here. I've got, I'm going to leave this one till last because that's the extra special one for me. Um, oh, excuse me, everybody, for all these uh, unintended sound effects. I've got Coronation Street, The Inside Story by Bill Podmore. Oh, yeah, and I was this reading you... This one's going to be quite good as well. I was reading you a hilarious anecdote when he talks about what it was like to do This Is Your Life and how um, he was trying to get Julie Goodyear on the train. And then who was the person? It was Roy Barraclough. Yeah. He, he was really annoyed because Bill Podmore lied to him and made him come back from his holiday in Spain because he said he had to re-record some scenes. But it turned out, it turned out that he actually hated the idea of "This Is Your Life" and he was furious when he found out that it was all a ruse. I know, I thought it was a hilarious story. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to reading that because Bill Podmore is a big name um, in in Corrie, um behind the scenes people. Yes. juices and stuff yes. um, so I'm looking forward to that and, and, and getting some old school stories about the first 30 years of Corrie these will, will all, were all purchased by me because they came up in if you want to buy this book you might also be interested in these books I've got The Importance of Being Percy the Bill Waddington story so that's Bill Waddington's um, autobiography I'm not going to put that really high on the list of I'm not going to Ones be reading. We're all fascinated, but it might surprise you. There's probably some good war stories. I think in there. you can tell how interested you're going to be in it by the fact that on the back of it is a picture of him with two horses. Yeah, I'll put that. I might put that fourth on the list. But in third place is uh, "Knowledge Is Power: My Life on Coronation Street" by Ken Morley. 
<laughs> oh my god! And it's got a variety of stupid pictures on the back. On the back, it's just Ken Morley. Paint. Most of them wiggling his glasses. As, I as flicked he's known through to it. Do. I don't know what I'm going to think of this book. I flicked through it to see what the pictures were of, and one of the stories is about how he used to annoy his neighbours by playing music at them with a speaker pointed at the floor. Yeah. So I don't I know. I think this is just probably going to be a variety of stories of how he's annoyed everyone he's ever met. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> and half the viewers that watched him playing Reg Oldsworth on Coronation Street. But um, as, Look, here's, here's, here's as an a... out and proud Reg Holdsworth fan, I must say I'm looking forward to reading this Here's as well. a bit of a calibre of the sort of content that you can probably expect. On the back, all it says is, to do is to be Rousseau, to be is to do Sartre, do what he did he do, Morley. <laughs> oh and I probably mispronounced these, but at least I didn't have that on the back oh, of my gonna be awful, autobiography. Thank you very much, my lovely presents, Gemma. You're but... welcome. Thank you for all your hard work. Well, Here's uh, some more for you to do. Are you talking about the podcast, or is that is that um, a, a wedding anniversary present? <laughs> ten, 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 Michael, wedding do anniversary you not criticise me for not buying you a present when I'm I asked not... you what you wanted and you said nothing? I know. I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking. All right. You want a TV. I would like a TV, but that's quite a big present. I was plotting to get a TV, so well, it's just be because surprised. when we were at our Airbnb, and we had a bigger TV, and it was closer to the sofa than our TV is now, and you could tell the difference, couldn't you? And it was a smart TV, and uh, we don't have a smart TV at the moment, and I think like everybody else on the planet does. Our TV is from an is an ex hotel TV, so I don't think it's ever going to break down. So we're never sturdy. going to be able to replace Yeah, except one of the HDMI um, uh, holes, ports, doesn't work, which is a bit of a pain. Look, you can probably remember, if you've been listening to the podcast long enough, when we got this TV. It's a pretty good TV, but, you know... It did replace an big... incredibly terrible, crappy... Yeah. Well, it replaced the 32-inch one, and this one's 40, and it's like, oh, I never need a TV bigger than that. No. But... Well. Tell you what, you, you could see the patterns on the fruit on Animal Crossing and the bin, one on the Airbnb. <laughs> well, you won't need to worry about that anymore, will you? No, you, no, you haven't dumped Animal Crossing. You keep making me play it. Right, this is nonsense. Stop this now. That this I'm is 13 minutes of rubbish. Everyone just wants to hear the quiz. Oh, I need a pen. So I, I did put well on the quiz last badly. week. I remember that. So, <laughs> even if I do badly today, oh. I've... what are you looking I'm gonna for? I'm going to have to write on a coronation, on a Conversation Street postcard. Go for it. So you don't have any other... Just merch there. Just just plug in the merch. I you can't buy me, so... Right. Um, it's between the 17th and the 21st of August, this is. I know. Years ending in a five and a zero. From coronationstreet.fandom.com. I got these things. <laughs> right. 17th of August, 1990. Who does Vera accuse of pulling the stone cladding off her house? I've got absolutely no idea. I'm Didn't you just n- n- read, watch this? What year are you Nin- on? And we're on 1996 at the moment. I did watch 1990 about two or three years ago. Um, well, I'm going to say. No, I just don't know. No, just me. say someone. Who does she not like? Uh, oh. Mm. <laughs> Michael, stop making weird noises. I don't even remember who she was having an argy bargy with at that point. Go on, tell me. Right, Des and Steph. Okay. What does she spray on their car? Oh, what hell mace. do I know? She sprays mace on their car. <laughs> yeah, it's a message. It. It's a message. It says... Oh, yuppies! It says yuppies. I'll give you half a point because it says, get lost, you look yuppies. Yes. So she doesn't spell it right. 17th of August, 2015. A group of Weatherfield residents go camping on a lovely holiday. 2015? Yeah. Ah. 
Oh, I wonder if I can guess what the question is even going to be. Go on. Is the answer a Buddhist monk in the woods? No. Oh. What do you th- what's the question? What Who did, did Beth and Kurt find? Is no. the answer Paddy McGuinness? You have to find out, won't you? You have to wait for the question. Can you tell me three of their surnames? Who, the people that went on the... Uh, Sutherland? Yeah. Uh, uh, you weren't expecting that, were you? Who else went with them? <laughs> There's four four surnames and I'm only asking for three. Who would have gone with them? Tinker? Yeah. Uh, Come on, it's obvious. <laughs> Brown? Yeah. Winter? No. No. You, I've given you three. Yeah. Dobbs was the other one. Dobbs, okay. They meet a friendly camper called Dougie Ryan. Yeah, oh, I knew it was Ryan. Who is played by a celebrity get- actor guest star. <laughs> Paddy McGuinness. What is his name? Paddy what? McGuinness. Yeah, Paddy McGuinness. You've got to answer the question when I ask it. Okay. i tell you what, Magnus Magnuson does not put up with this rubbish. People shouting out the answer before you've asked the question. Go on. Trying to guess what the question is. <laughs> you imagine that? Like, I'm here to answer questions about Coronation Street. Is the answer Bet Lynch? No. <laughs> um, what is the name of his daughter? Caitlin. Yeah. How many episodes was he in? Heaven's <laughs> sake. Uh, five. No, six. You idiot. Why did I just say six. Eighteenth <laughs> of August, doubles, wasn't it? Nineteen seventy-five. Which two characters enjoy a bike ride on a tandem in the hills? Gail. Mm-hmm. 19 when? 75. Uh, which <laughs> one was it? <laughs> which one of Gail's friends? Which one of Gail's lovely, lovely leggy friends oh, went wow. on a little bike ride with her? It's got to have been... 1975, Trisha Hopkins. Yes, okay. correct. I would have also accepted Jerry Booth because later on Trisha gets tired and Jerry takes over. <laughs> 19th of August 2015. Who is badly beaten by Callum and two of his heavies in a ginnel? Jason. Correct. 20th of August 1990. A stripper is hired to serenade Vera Duckworth on her wedding anniversary. Which ill wisher arranged it? There's Barnes. Oh, so close it was Steph. Oh! I'm glad you remembered I one said of them. Barnes, half point. 20th of August, 2015. How many GCSEs does Craig Tinker pass? Nine. Ten. You got... Well, I can't be bothered to... Oh, I don't know maths. Where's the... Where did the bloody thing go now? I don't know. You had the other quiz book somewhere. Right, I'm going to count up my score. One, two, three, four, five, Where six, seven, eight, go? and a half. And four... Wrong. Oh, it's fade. Oh, that's an all right score. Well done, Michael. No, I need, I need you, I need that back. Give oh, it to me. There you go. Cut, cut this all out. It's no. Boring. Right, it's round gold. five. Okay, what is the name of Reg Holdsworth, arch enemy? His arch enemy. Oh, sorry. This is this is questions from the Coronation Street quiz book from Coronation Street magazine. Brendan Scott. Yes. Oh, good. Well, how many cats did Minnie Coldwell own? Two. Yes. Who was with Peter Ingram when he died? I was just reading about this. Peter, I didn't. Peter Ingram. This happened in a in a year ending in the five and a zero. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Oh, now was it Jackie or was it Mike? I didn't understand no. anything that happened, so I didn't. Was ask it Ivy? Uh, no, we've had this conversation. Ivy. No, no, that's about the main quiz. 
Vera? No. Jackie? No. Mike? <laughs> yes. Oh, I should have gone with my gut. Right, where do Curly's parents live? Don't know. Weatherfield. No, in a house. Um, what was... <laughs> What's the answer? <laughs> what was the name of Valerie Barlow's mother? I'm not writing that down the answers to this. It's too dispiriting. I mean, your, your score... What was the question? Don't know. What was the name of Valerie, Valerie Barlow's Barlow mother? I don't know. Let me tell you. Tell it was me. Edith. Okay. <laughs> which, comic, which club comic lodged with Minnie Coldwell? Club comic? Yeah. Um, mm, I vaguely remember that, but I don't know. Charlie Moffat. Um, oh, yeah. He once had an exotic dance act with a trombone. <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember this as well. When, Rita. Yeah, when do you watch that, Justin? When <laughs> <laughs> you're in bed. <laughs> what musical, this is not related to that question, what musical instrument does Deirdre play? Harmonica. I hope it isn't a slightly used trombone. Mouth organ. <laughs> <laughs> what relation was Irma to Ken Barlow? Come on. Sister-in-law. Yeah, which... Pub to Stella Rigby Run. Don't know. Uh, isn't, this isn't Nella Har- Nelly Harvey, is it? Because no. that was the Laughing Donkey. Weatherfield Arms? No. Flying Horse? No. I've never even heard of it. Go on. White Swan? Oh, okay. Maybe. Congratulations, everybody. You've made it through the beginning tedious Look, section. this is the eighth anniversary of our podcast. You've got to indulge us and we've got to be able to have a little bit of fun and talk as long as we want on this. And we um, Wasting time. Usually we have something massive for the oh, eighth an- for each anniversary. I'm a bit sad that we haven't this week. Although, can we just say that our holiday, our three-week holiday... Well, two, two weeks? Two, Three-episode worth holiday oh. in Manchester is all a celebration in... Of course it is. In commemoration of our eighth anniversary. Yeah. And you never know, maybe we'll have something special next week on the podcast. Mm. Maybe. Is that it? Yes. Can we do the talk about what happened in the show now? Yes. So, street talk this week. Um, I hear bad things about this week's Coronation Street. The general vibe on the internet, as far as I can tell, is that nobody really liked this week's Coronation Street. I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, Show us your rings. Uh, th- there were bits that, yeah, that, that weren't so great. But I think I liked it more than last week. I think I think there's a new story there that feels like it could be interesting, and it's giving some characters a bit of time in the spotlight who don't necessarily, who haven't had necessarily time in the spotlight for a while. I'm, I'm feeling okay about this week's Coronation Street. It's not no five, but well, let let's see whether I can still claim that as we go through it, or whether I'll just be reminded that it wasn't so hot. We're going to start off with the continuation of the Malice in Winderland story. They actually did get married, and that kind of. Um, smoothly moved into the Tincognito story with Daniel and uh, Nikki, so I'm going to crackle that those all together. all together. Then we have got the Todd Squad as a new story, <laughs> and the Todd Squad are Billy, Mary and Sean, who are on a mission this week to track down Todd Grimshaw, who's been disappeared for three years, but now... Living in the woods with Paddy McGuinness. Well, it appears that he's making contact at the beginning of this week, but then um, we, we, we have I'm confused. Did otherwise, you watch it again? Yes, and okay, I think good. what we thought happened actually happened. So we'll, I was we'll doing find a out quiz. when we get there. 
Um, we had a little bit of Never the Twins Shall Meet, and actually she didn't get to meet them, which is a bit sad. Oh. And we had a bit more of the Vanessa <laughs> Messenger storyline. An engine fell on her. An engine fell on her shoulder, <laughs> yes. Um, and, and then there was a tiny, tiny bit of the ass fighting story as well. Gemma, don't oh, laugh. Dear. Accidents in the workplace. Oh, so Serious. they have to fill out a form she now. Was, they've got to fill out so many forms. She was lone working as well. You're not allowed to do that. Aren't you? I don't know whether you're allowed to. I don't know what the laws about garages are. It's I, not recommended. Do you know what? I'm surprised they even let a woman in there. This is going to show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's She's probably what they'll say. If I had your two, your two girly to be able to... This would have never happened to a man. No, man would just push it right off. <laughs> did you think about that? Or did you just lie there waiting for help like a typical woman? <laughs> right. Malice in Wonderland slash Tinkognito. Monday. Kirk, who wasn't in Friday's episode for whatever reason, shows up at Maria's and says, oh, it's because Gary's gone AWOL. That's why I've been Why looking. is he concerned with this? Concerned with what? Surely Gary is responsible for himself. Well, Kirk's kind... Is he kind of the best man? I, I didn't... I, I don't really know sure. whether he's the best man or he's not, He's the but... brother of the bride. And, um, yeah, he says, I've been looking for Gary. Have you looked in Sarah's house? The, no. The cliffhanger at the end of last week was David finding it very orcs, what he'd walked in on which was Gary telling Sarah that he still loved her or Sarah telling Gary that he still loved her or something like that. And David is still a bit confused about what's going on. It. We I'm, had a conversation last week about wh- at what which did point he overhear? did David walk in on this conversation? Because there were various things that they discussed and it turned out that all he walked in on was them both looking emo- emotional. Well, no, which it, is awkward enough when the person that is there is your sister and the other one is somebody who's getting married to your best friend. No, I think it appeared that he'd heard enough about that. So. Well, he did because he, he goes and follows, follows Gary outside and like, what's going on? Do you, you still love my exactly. sister? And Gary's like, yes, I still love her. There's still a connection. Well, on the one hand, he kind of in the same breath, he, he says, yeah, I still love her. There's still a connection. And then without, you know, barely pausing, it's like, but it's in the past now. My future's with Maria. So oh. he, he clearly has it's, feelings it's really difficult. for both lovely to, ladies. Right, because it feels to me as though we're being given a bit of telling and not showing, right? Well, Gary's telling us how he feels about Maria and Sarah but not showing it. But that's not true, because we've seen this go on and on and on. It just doesn't feel sincere. Do you know what I'm saying? He, yeah, his his lips are moving, and he's saying that he loves yeah. them both, but... And he's shown us by, by like, wincing over them both for, for a few months now, but I yeah, still not Yeah, he's been really hotly that... pursuing them for a long time, but I've not just kind of felt any, you know, romance passion. or passion And it's not the it. performances at all. I think they're all doing good performances. I just still don't really... Anyway, sorry, carry on. Um, anyway, Maria, meanwhile, is in the bistro, waiting and waiting for, for Gary to show up. She's wondering where he is. Oh, it was really sad when I saw the chairs and how they were all laid out, all separate. It reminded me of Gav's funeral. Because we all had to sit in, in separate, even though apart. even though we were we came together and so did your sister and her boyfriend. We still all had to sit separately. It just made me sad. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Well, Maria's sort of saying, oh, the, the group, Gary's not turned up. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe we should just have to postpone this. But um, she didn't have to wait for long anyway. Then we had a really random scene of Shona popping over to number eight saying, I know all the goss now. David's been telling me everything. Gary's not coming back, you know. He's, he's going off to marry Maria now, so it's fine. And Sarah says, look, I'd be a fool to go back to Gary anyway. I'm just worried about what's happened between me and Adam now. I think 
we've reached the end of the line. And Shona says, well, get out and make your move on him. Bye! That's, I didn't That's really. me done for the week, says Shona. And then the, across the country, the audience is left going, is she, is she better now? She's not better now. She's, she's still... She's still... <sighs> I don't know what to say about this. Uh, I don't buy... I don't buy this. Sh- Shona... Oh. The last time we saw Shona, I can't even remember when well, it she's was. Struggling let's let's with say the fact four weeks ago. She's struggling with the after effects of losing her memory and she's still unable to connect the appropriate emotions to situations. And so, so everything is then played with this kind of like brusque cheerfulness. I think that's right. But I think because we hadn't, you know, as an audience, been reminded that she's still struggling to react in an appropriate manner, uh, manner to things. The way it came across, it was it, it just like what what's what's well, going I on there? But and we we had been told as well that during lockdown, David and and Max and Lily had been shouting up through the window. Her so he, they've obviously been reconnecting off screen. Which is another which like. Which is uh, fine. I don't care. Um, but but I but don't get it, so so it, she and so, so the fact that David's texted her this makes me think that there's been a lot more bridge mending going on between Shona and David than we yeah. we've just been told. I mean, this he only happened. told us a couple of weeks ago that the whole lockdown thing has put a bit of a yeah. a breaks on their reconciliation. But it it, it seems. I, I don't think I that don't, we're supposed to believe that everything's fine now. I just don't. I, don't I think, just don't. I think that they need to stop this just so Shona remembers everything now because whatever they were hoping to get out of that storyline is not going to manifest itself in a logical way now I don't think and I don't think that I'm not really buying this I think it'd be it weird if weird. they did just have a going back to normal well, I think there's more to come I know that I prob- there probably is but I'm, what I'm saying is I think they should knock it on the head now. <laughs> Maybe that would work to make her remember everything. <laughs> anyway, the the wedding starts. Uh, Gary shows up. <gasps> Blue Merrick's Blue there. Merrick is there. She's our favourite wed- wedding officiant. Yes, it's been a while since we've seen old Blue, but she made a comeback. She said the same odd lines that she always says. I don't know if she knows that this, she's in a TV show. Uh, but yes, that was I am lovely. also very concerned for everybody that, that has been in a scene with her. Um, they, oh, we checked to make sure they're not actually mm-hmm. legally married. Um, so, meanwhile, Adam is getting a phone call um, from Sarah. So he goes back over to her house to thrash it out and she's just groveling away. I'm trying really hard to care about this. And he's like, have you told me the truth? <laughs> Do I know everything now? <laughs> but, right, OK. She perfect. says yes. She's telling the truth, isn't isn't she? Or is she? No, because she hasn't told him about Callum. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, I've told but you everything. I've told you everything about Gary, kind of. But do you, the right, but honestly, yeah. honestly, though, do you think that it will come out about her and Callum? Because, like I said before, about, about that storyline, it's like five years old now, is it? If so it's how, gonna is come any, out, how is anybody watching this? How do they expect people to care about something that happened five years ago? It feels like it could be a 60th anniversary thing, but I can't it is a bit, too, a bit too far away. Oh, the know. thing is, if it was something to do with Pat Phelan, maybe, right? Because he was a massive, massive character. Well, and that was only... Well, yeah, um, OK, like no, 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 no. Pretend, ha- pretend Pat Phelan was five years ago. If it was something... If, 
Honestly, though, I'm going to actually change my mind here. If Eileen was like, do you remember that earring that was dropped on the floor that we never cleared up about? Oh, yeah. Right? In the lawyer's office. I would still be think- sitting here going, no one cares anymore, mm. Eileen. Even Pat Phelan, I don't care th- uh, this much about. But it's such a big secret. Later. It feels like it needs to come out, doesn't it? But for what end? They're already broken Drama. up. If they get back together and then break up again about Callum, I think I'm going to scream <laughs> and throw the TV out the window so you can get a new one. Anyway, Maria and Gary get married. Uh, awkward. So, uh, uh, that, I'm uh, surprised David distance. was not there going, awkward, because <laughs> that was really awkward. Come back to that in a bit. So um, Adam tells Sarah, get yourself to the police station, love. Go and dob Gary right in it about the whole Rick thing. Um, and she's worried, though, about getting sent well, down herself. Right. And he's like, oh, you're just choosing Gary over me again. Uh, you had your chance. It's over. So he's, he slings his hook. <laughs> um, David um, is watching with interest at the wedding reception he kind of thing as Gary professes his love to Berea. Um, at a distance. At a distance, yeah. Um, and then Gary says, oh, the reason that I was late just because I was sorting a surprise honeymoon, I'm going to whisk you away somewhere. Don't worry. Emma's packed your stuff. No Let's woman go. would let this happen. I know. And also... Maria's going to get to wherever it is they're going to open the case and it'll just be full of her pinkest, fluffiest clothes. Yeah, like Dealey Boppers. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they both get in separate cars and drive away. Because <laughs> that was the kind of vibe I was getting off of them. Yeah, one car says just and the other car says married on the back. <laughs> um, anyway, they, oh, wait, they... Where do they... Did they say where they were going? Oh, probably. I don't remember. I they don't know. They ain't going to Malaga. Isle of Man. Um, anyway, that's the end of the episode. We we get a, a few shots of Sarah having a cry through the window as, exactly as Adam. Adam. Uh, yeah, she's she's losing. You've lost her your hunk. hunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wednesday, um, for some reason, Paul and Alina are in the factory. Are they in the factory? I can't remember. I think so. Having a bit of a gossip about Gary and Maria, um, and Alina says, oh, "I saw." Uh, no, Gemma saw Adam leaving with a bag. Hmm, what's going over? What's going there then? Sarah walks in on this and she's mad that she's being gossiped about. So Carla has to take up the counselling mantle and start telling her, it's it's, it's all right, you're going to be fine, but tell you what, Adam, he's hot. You need to fight for him. A Barlow boy is worth fighting for, she says. I wish Carla would just go, stop crying. I'm sick of it. That's what the old Carla would have said. Oh, I don't see why. I know... I keep coming round and round to this about Carla. This is when the story kind of turns into the Daniel one because Adam goes over to Daniel's house and because um, he obviously can't live with Sarah anymore. Um, he seems pretty fine about the fact that he's split up. He maybe he it, knew it was a sham of a marriage. Maybe. He doesn't, he really doesn't seem that heartbroken about it. Uh, and he says, look, Daniel, do you want to have um, spend some time, have some time together tomorrow? Oh, evening, suddenly now you want to spend time with me. Adam, thank you so much for making me a priority. Um, but, um, no, does Daniel say that he can't? I can't remember. I'm, Daniel's got I'm his own I'm getting confused about the days. Was it, was it, was it, was he arranging it for today's episode or next week's episode? I don't know. But yeah, Daniel's other life at the moment. Oh, I spelled Nicky he, I, I spelled, no, I've spelled Nicky wrong here. Okay. Daniel phones up Nicky, his um, bit on the side, who he's been still seeing during lockdown. I'm going to report him. She's very hesitant for him to come over and see her this evening. It was, a, it was like a really close-up view of Nikki, wasn't it? Going, oh! Like, I don't know, I don't know where the hotel room is. 
that they I are don't, filming don't even it, and whether it was in a hotel room or if it was her. Own I thought house. she was. I thought she was on a bed. But I, do you know they this, have beds outside of hotel rooms. Now. The, the the bedroom that they filmed the previous scenes in. I don't know whether that was an onset bedroom, whether it was an onset offset bedroom. But if it was an offset bedroom, then they obviously wouldn't be able to use that again. So might I mean that's the reason why it was close up to her. Oh, because they couldn't use that bedroom. But then I equally, I think, oh, why can't they just... I'm sure they can knock up a bedroom on set. But anyway, she she seems um, fairly suspicious, but in the end Not she suspicious. relents. suspicious. I am so suspicious she, she, of her. Yeah. She's acting okay. suspiciously. I get you, yeah. And she's like, well, I can come over at five o'clock tonight for an hour. I'll come to like, you. Great, and I'm going to put the dinner on. See, this is the thing, right? Because she was like, oh, no, 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 you can't come here, I'll come to you. Yeah. Made me think that she was in some kind of trouble. Yes. And they'd found out at the hotel what she was up to. Because I don't think they really like this happening at hotels, even though it happens quite a lot. I think if you make too much of an obvious show... We have a show, strictly no dressing up as Sinead policy here. We don't allow these sorts of cardigans in here. <laughs> Um, I think if you make it a bit too obvious what you're up to, you probably would get sung out. Maybe. Um, anyway, Friday's episode. She was so episode, close to getting a loyalty card filled out. Sarah, Sarah comes home to find Adam collecting his stuff and he refuses to forgive her and then she changes her mind about defending Gary. And I watched I the end of that understand. scene thinking, we've had this. We have, we've, we've been had this a but million what's his times. Answer? He's saying go Wait, and listen. tell the police. She's saying, no, I can't tell the police. So Gary, remember? No, no, no. But what's his answer to her saying, I can't, I'm not going to incriminate myself? He doesn't seem to have an answer to that, does he? No, he, he just thinks, he just says, like, oh, well... Gary did a murder. Gary did a murder. What? Is she worried that she's going to incriminate herself for um, Knowing keeping about quiet about the murder? Or is she really, really mostly worried that if she goes to the police, then Gary is going to say, yeah, well, she buried a body underneath Gail's annex. Either way, yeah, good point. But either way, she can't go to police, can she? She can't, she can't. So, <coughs> Adam goes over to Daniel's for a bit. He's know. then thrown out because... Oh, Daniel says that he's got an energy survey going later. What does so that mean? Well, I think it means that energy is going to see how much... En- uh, Nikki is going to see how much energy Daniel's got. Give me 100 push-ups. Uh, That's what Sinead would have wanted. Oh, maybe it's just how, how... Can he talk for literally an hour straight that he's booked her for about Sinead without taking a breath? We could do that. Um... She, uh, oh, he says, go save your marriage. Daniel says, go and save your marriage to, to Sarah Lou. But he doesn't. Nikki comes over later. Daniel's cooked her dinner. I can't remember what he got for her in the Fish end. Fish fingers. She thinks it's a little bit weird, but well, she doesn't care. She's being paid for this. So she gets, she dons her cardigan. Um, and she does and care. acts as Sinead. She, yeah, she, she, she gives a, a look like. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Is I'll this tell you really what I think worth in a minute. Go on, all this say. money? Anyway. Hours up later, she hasn't even had a chance to take a bite of her red velvet cake yet. Daniel's like, don't worry, I'll put it in the freezer. Because, no, if, if initially he says, um, I'll pay you double if you stay for longer. She's like, no, you can't afford it, you weirdo. Well, she she says up, that she's I'm double going. booked, but I don't know whether to believe her or not, or whether she just thinks this is totally weird. Um, she she also tries to give him an, one of her mate's numbers, yeah. doesn't, he? doesn't she? And he's like, no, only you. I know someone you. who loves I'm, cake. Yeah. yeah, all your mates have brown hair sorry you couldn't you wouldn't, wouldn't do the job so he's anyway, just he, like don't worry we'll see you later i'll put your cake in the freezer yeah she's like you're not getting the message are you daniel you and what's freak. that message you're weird now i think he i think she's started to fall for him and she's upset because she realizes that daniel doesn't care about her or has no interest in her except to pretend that she's sinead but because I, when she put that cardigan on she looked kind of upset about it 
But, and I but, think that's why she's trying to fob him off with someone else because he she she's developed feelings for him because she actually said again like you can't afford to keep paying me this money so she starts she's starting to feel guilty i i uh, I, you told me this before the episode started and i kind of agreed with you at at a point but then i thought no No, but daniel has been very clear ever since the beginning he only wants her to do her sinead cosplay if he showed any interest about her as a person yeah. at any point, then maybe. But no, she she's known that he only so wants what, her for Michael, Sinead. That's such rubbish. You can go. You can enter into a relationship thinking that you understand the limitations, but then change your mind and want more out of it at but a later what, date. That's what that's what I think's happened. You don't. You, I don't you, know who to feel sadder for then, well, then Daniel <laughs> or, or Nikki, oh, who's. No who's clinging if your theory is, like, is true is many... falling for this person who's clearly got no interest in her this is another example of some idiot blonde coming along and falling for daniel who is just trying to recreate his dead wife because mm. bethany like did the bethany. same thing like she you don't seem to understand you came into this with your eyes open and you can clearly see what's going on here but obviously there's just something so alluring about daniel and his beautiful quiff that all these women can't help but fall for his sad little widow act I do, I do, what did you uh, think about the fact that she was coming over his house then? Do you, do you think that she thought, well, maybe what... if I come over to your house, when you want me to come as me? I don't know. I, I, I'm not quite sure why she needed to come to his house. To be honest, she probably could have picked up some good tips. She's like, while the dinner's on, I'm just going to have a look through Sinead's wardrobe yeah. to see if I can get a few style tips. Yeah. Um, if you've got those videos on your laptop you keep banging on about, I'll, I'll go and watch those. Yeah. Um, yeah, while you're, while you're roasting your potatoes. But no... I don't it, know what... Yeah, I, I, I think if she she's was feeling or If she was feeling awkward about the situation, which she clearly was, she shouldn't have even gone over. She's got think. a way in a living, Michael. 120 quid 120 quid. There's plenty of people at the moment that I'm sure would want to be paying for Nikki's company. Or maybe they're what all are you just talking following. about? It's pretty old, but hard to get work now. I don't know, not not the, the evidence that we saw when we were in Manchester down <laughs> that road. Uh, um, so what what do you reckon? Do you do you think there was something dodgy going on at this hotel? Assuming that we they didn't just have her come over because they couldn't film in the same room as normal. I think it might have just been we don't have access to the same set. I don't know though. But she she was looking. Um, furtive. She was looking furtive. Yeah, because Good I word. think I think that she still that that was her going away. I fancy him. I think this has gone too far. But, I reckon. But was, listen, oh, I'm not sure. Reckon, why didn't she say, "Oh, go on then, come over"? Because they can't film at the set. She needs to separate business with pleasure. Yes, and I think she's having trouble doing it. That's mm. my point. Okay. I, if if you were in her position, you would be probably quite. You would have very clear divisions in your mind because as soon as you start. To treat people like that as your friend or feel emotions for them, you're going to immediately feel like crap for taking money off them to hang out with you. Mm, yeah. yeah. I am kind of warming to her as a as a character, I'm to not. be honest. I I've gone completely off her. Have you? Yeah. Why? I just suddenly don't like her. Well, no, because I said before about... She kind of seems nice. But she can't... She's not nice. I said this before because... She, I think another thing is coming to Daniel's house and seeing how he lives in a tiny little flat, a pokey pokey little flat, and thinking this man pays me one hundred and twenty pounds an hour, mm. right? If she if he sees her multiple times in one week, 
he's probably giving her more money than his rent is worth. Yeah. And if and you know he's recently bereaved and he's got a baby, you would start to think to yourself, this is wrong on, on many different levels. Well, that's why she, in the end, was saying, look, go and go... Oh, no, because no, she was giving, were... her, giving him another number for somebody else. Yeah, She's obviously not that so. bothered. Well, if somebody else wants to fleece you, that's fine with me. I don't but, care. Yeah, I imagine that when she came over to the flat as well, she saw how it's still kind of a Sinead shrine that would have made her feel incredibly I awkward about sitting there. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm, I... I'm, I am... I find... I understand. I, I understand there's... It's just too complicated for me. This relationship is feels predatory and normally i would be uncomfortable with a relationship like this because i would feel as though it was the man who was being predatory to the woman but in this situation it's totally the other way around mm. and it to me it's just as icky he's a vulnerable chap isn't he, he is his mum i whatever <laughs> anyone thinks about it however weird it is or who's at fault or whatever i this is one of the stories that i'm most interested in at the moment um because it's had a bit of a gap hasn't yeah. it when this when this story comes on, it's like, oh, great, okay, let's let's see what's going to happen next. So I'm I'm quite invested in this. Whereas when say you know the Gary Maria stuff is like, oh here it is this again, or when it's Adam and Sarah, yeah, we've had this scene a million times before. And although I I can't say that this storyline hugely progressed this week, it was still basically her dressing up as no, Sinead and it being awkward. No, she decided she doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, there was that obviously. Um, I'm, Why I'm, do you always say this? Oh, it's not progressed apart from the, this change that's happened. <laughs> no, th- this is one of the stories that I'm most interested in and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next week. I just want to point out also that you're saying that the reason that she had a funny look on her face was because she thought that the situation was weird. Yeah. I'm going to argue that this is probably the, one of the least weird things that she does. I bet you there are some really <laughs> strange things that she, she gets, gets asked some really to. strange requests. Yeah, you're probably right. I really, I think this is just more sad than strange. Tell you what, I was surprised about that nobody saw her entering or leaving Daniel's flat because I would have thought that they may be having her come over there would have been a plot device for somebody to have said to Daniel, "Yeah, good who's point. that that went into your flat?" She, it was Sinead. She, honestly, she doesn't really look that much like Sinead at all. No. <laughs> Just, is it like put on the cardigan? It's like, wow, you've transformed. Where's Nikki gone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do that. But you, I suppose we could have on Monday's episode somebody saying that they saw her. Yeah. Who was that blonde that left last night? I don't know. Anyway, on to the wedding stuff then. So, Gemma, give me oh your... Oh, my God. Give me your scathing critique of uh, the socially distanced <laughs> wedding on Monday. I, I said... Didn't I say something last week about maybe they won't do it because I don't see how they can we, do it? I think we were left with a conclusion last podcast that they won't get married. I think both of us agreed yeah. this wedding isn't going to go ahead. So I was quite surprised when when Blue was like, pronounce your man and wife or whatever, you may now, now show, show your, your rings, rings off to the congregation. That it was like, oh. Anyway, you so asked me what I married, thought then. and then you just interrupted Yeah, go, me. go, go. So I said last week, I don't think this is going to happen, quite apart from anything else, because it they couldn't stand next to each other and it would look weird. And Coronation Street went, guess what? We don't care about that. We're going to do it anyway. And they did. And they made absolutely no effort to use any kind of tra- camera trickery or any, any techniques to try to make it look remotely like they were standing next to each other. And in fact, I would say that looking at it, they both looked like they were standing closer to Blue Merrick than they were to each other. <laughs> I, because no. apparently the virus cannot travel vertically... <laughs> Only horizontally. <laughs> what do you mean vertically? Was she towering over I'm, them? I'm doing it like this. If Forward. you can see my hands, 
you'd see <laughs> can travel along the plane the, of which I'm speaking. Can, can travel along the x-axis, but not the z-axis. Okay, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> no, I thought that when it, there were scenes of them side by side, I was like, okay, I could kind of imagine that they're next to each other here when it was just close-ups of their head. Yeah. But then, then they zoom out and they show. Why the, did they do I'm that? Just, the altar. I'm just using church terminology here. Um, it was like, no, no the, you're the not bit higher. at the very end when they turned around. And Sean went, show us your rings. And they both kind of w- waved their, the like, like did, did jazz hands with their rings on. I thought, they're just going, yeah, we don't care. We don't even <laughs> care about this anymore. Forget it. We, we tried, we thought, tried to think of it and it's too hard. So we just didn't bother. The thing is, I feel so they, sympathy. I, like, honestly, I feel sympathy because there's no way of doing it. No, but they could, they could have. But they had, did rub it in our faces that they were not standing anywhere near <laughs> each other. There was really no need for that. They could have maybe had, um, you know, one of them lean into the other. Or... They could have done a kiss, a fake kiss. They could have done it. But like you said, somebody leans to the camera and then somebody else leans to the camera and we just assume. I bet you there have been so many times when we've watched a scene that, that could have been filmed in exactly that way. I think that that mannequin's dummy could just be used for a multitude of purposes during <laughs> this. I don't know what equity I will think about what, it. But... I don't know what to say other than I don't think they even tried. I don't know. I wonder whether they could ever do something do like ever... have a, get one of the actors' partners in. Like, I don't, um, I, what's what's I Maria's don't. boyfriend I, called? No, old that's too many ice people on the McGee. set. That's too many people on the set, and also they're not actors, and that's another. Well, they need to thing. do. Oh uh, yeah. Right. That's but, why they won't let us on. But but why like? I, know, I would kiss. Listen, I would risk COVID to kiss Sammy if I had. Don't to. be disgusting. <laughs> listen. Whenever do you get at a wedding that magical moment when the bride and the groom turn to the audience and wave their hands to show their rings off? There's lots of different ways that people can get married these days. It was like some kind of ultra-religious marriage where you're only allowed to touch each other when you're actively trying to conceive a child. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. That's their their denomination. Maybe they didn't mention that they also both converted (laughs) to whatever... Yeah. Orthodox version of whatever. Yeah, it, Orthodox Buddhist. It it wasn't it wasn't the best, was it? I just and it, it's another case like we said on the podcast last week of how oh, great they're married. How long will this last? Do I, I feel say, anything towards no, this, or has it just been done for plot? All. Don't care about the fact that they're married at all. But Ian McLeod, I think Ian McLeod says something like, "I hope people give us the benefit of the doubt or something." You know, be kind yeah, yeah, and generous, did, did. right? I I am totally up for that. But don't rub it in my face that they're not anywhere near each other and jazz hands at me. Like you're deliberately going, Whoa! I honestly think that most of the rest of the distancing they're doing is pretty fine. Yeah, I have no problem with any of the rest of it. It was this that was so outrageously bad that it's like they were trying to get trying to bait us on purpose and say something <laughs> about it. But you're right. Quite apart honestly, it's almost like that was a distraction for the viewers. For us to go, that's rubbish. They're not even anywhere near each other. So that we would ignore the actual elephant in the room, which is that, why the hell are Gary and Maria getting married and why should I care? Except to say that it's generating some kind of love triangle drama and and um, ruptures in um, Sarah and Adam's marriage, is, which though, I also don't care about. If there is some kind of love triangly affairy thing, and Gary can't stay away from Sarah or whatever in the future, could they have done that without them getting married? Couldn't they have just been living in sin and then 
having having a get together. I don't. Is know. it just because they, they they wanted the actors to dress up nice and have some pretty wedding dress for them to be on the front of the soap magazine? Did they want a socially distanced wedding? Is that is that what it was for? I just I just I was go like back to what I was saying tics, last week. Socially I wish... distanced stunts, socially distanced wedding, socially distanced um... prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, uh, engine falling on somebody. <laughs> Socially distanced from my telephone while I'm being attacked by a marauding <laughs> car engine. Yeah, no, I, I just think that we didn't... It it would have made no difference if there wasn't a way... Oh, I suppose with... with it, at least with Adam and Sarah's wedding, it wasn't even about them, was it? It was about Daniel getting over Sinead because it was him doing yeah. a speech or whatever. At least Every, that wedding ev- felt like at the time... <sighs> Okay, this is a wedding episode. The focus isn't on the people that I thought it would be, but yeah, this is a wedding. And this, it, they just kind of farted it out, and it was over in two farted scenes. Farted it out. And they had last episode where she curled her hair with no product or heat. She did a bloody mm. good job. I tell you what, those ringlets were very convincing. So, I mean, I, I think. But it's isn't it? Bit... Isn't it's a bit? It's a bit bad that the last two weddings that we had on Coronation Street, like as you have you just put it so, so well, they weren't about the wedding. Mm. Adam and Sarah's wedding was about Daniel and his grief. Everybody who is watching Monday's wedding knows full well this isn't going to last. Gary and Maria's wedding. It wasn't even like a, oh, I wonder how long this is. Gary and Maria's wedding is about Gary murdering Rick. Yeah, yeah. So sad. They need to stop using weddings. Yeah as a way of upping the ante because it doesn't work anymore because no. we don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, some, I saw some people online saying as well, the fact that the socially distanced element of it made it look weird. <laughs> why, why couldn't they have just put it off? Uh, uh, quite a few people saying they shouldn't have even had them get married. They should just put it off to later in the year or, okay. or next year or whatever. But I don't, I, I don't really agree. I think they probably... They, they did it because the plot that has already been you know, dealt a blow and they've they already lost a huge number of episodes. They've they've got to hit it. They've got but to get there. It, it just if makes they me decided think they were going to get married, they had to do it before the December. They pro- Yeah, they probably have to do it for the 60th. This is part of the 60th anniversary. There's a reason why they're married. I don't know what that is. Like, when they get to the 60th anniversary and Gary goes, oh, I'm just going to marry Sarah. And then Maria goes, you have to divorce me first or something. I mean... What? I don't know. Is... <laughs> Could it be anything to do with if they're married then when the divorce happens and I get all your money and does Sarah get all of Gary's money that, um, well, the only that thing, like, belongs like, to Rick, really? In America, if you're married, you can't be compelled to give evidence against your spouse. No, it's not court. like that here, though, is it? No. Maybe they'll just pretend it is. Maybe Weatherfield is a special judicial area. Well, they have exactly the same laws as whatever's convenient at the time. Actually, I think that's true. Okay. Well, there you go. Just well, do you know what I mean? One. No, no. but are you... Like, in that case, I can see why there might be something interesting to go, ooh, maybe in the future this will happen because when you're married, you can't do this. Maybe. I think actually something to do with the money. So say what you said again. I said that maybe they'll split up or divorce or whatever, and then Sarah, no, Maria, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I don't even, I don't right, even know. Maria. Maria might get a load of Gary's money, which is actually not his money, but it's Rick's money. Maybe. I maybe. Don't I don't know. I, I mean, don't, maybe. Don't could be interesting. Let's move on to what uh, another story 
after the Daniel one, that I was particularly interested in watching this week, the Todd Squad story. This felt nice and fresh and new. Like I said um, earlier, we got Billy, we got Sean, we got Mary, we got potentially Eileen. I don't know when this Sue's going to be back in the show. Opportunity like, to get a bunch of people super mad. What? Putting Sean and Mary in a scene together. I know, I know, and I. People, I, there are people out there who are like just taking the batteries out of their remote control so they can never turn the television back on again. I was really, really looking so forward to this story. Today's episode, I was like, oh, this isn't quite working, but I think that, I think Here's I'm still going to invest in this. Right. I'm, I'm very excited to see how it goes. When you see a story coming up and you're like, or, or you think, I hate this, I wish everyone involved in it was dead <laughs> and I didn't have to watch this anymore yeah. but you say to yourself no I'm kind of getting paid to do this so I've got to enjoy it right yeah does that ever work <laughs> because I'm trying with some of these storylines I'm saying to myself just want just enjoy them just just have a go at it you can enjoy this we've, we've tried just to... indulge you just indulge them with this we have sometimes said we're going to give such and such a try didn't we like with death yeah, but that's and that different. Worked. that's Lightwood. different that's going i'm gonna let i'm gonna give it a chance right but mm. i um, what my question is can you actively try to force yourself to like something or will it is it always a recipe for disaster i don't think i can but i know some people because i tried really hard this week i was like why don't you like this what is it about this that you don't like did you can you not just let it go and just go okay even though i have these objections i'm gonna i'm just gonna sweep them to one side and go Right, I really care about Gary and Maria. Oh, what's going to happen with Adam and Sarah? Oh, how terrible. Oh, no. Um, what aren't, aren't Sean and Mary funny? Yes, they are very, very funny. I think this is very funny. And it didn't work. I, I was kind of half looking forward to the wedding just to see what would happen. And then in the end, I was just like a bit there with it. But were, were you looking forward to this story or not? This story? This Todd story. Because I, I didn't. It just, as I said, it just felt fresh and new, and not a continuation of something that's been happening. Which has felt what it's been a while since something you know is like turning a page. And here right, here's a new, new story. Us. Yeah, you know. Okay, no, I didn't really think about it like that, but I've obviously missed an opportunity here. Well, go on. You 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 tell us what happened first. Right. Although I wasn't in stitches about this, I still didn't think it was that bad. Right. Just, that's my disclaimer. Uh-huh. So on Monday, Sean is not impressed by Mary's plans for Twiglet Jenga and a snuggle in her Ben Shepherd blanket. Hopefully that's the last we've seen of the Ben Shepherd blanket. That didn't particularly work, did it? And it just felt like it took up, you know, two or three it, scenes on Friday and Monday's episode, which is too, too many. It probably did work for some people. I know, I'm sure it did for some people. I think... It didn't really work. Interestingly, me. kind of, with that, is Sean, Sean doesn't like the idea that Mary just wants another snuggly night in, and he's like, ooh, I want some adventure, I want something exciting to happen in my life. I like going out. And ta-da, on Wednesday, something exciting happens in his life. But, I have to say that I really honestly thought it would have been funnier if Sean loved the Ben Shepherd blanket and making Twiglets into Jenga. yeah. Because the story, the the joke is, Sean doesn't like Mary's idea of a good night in, but humour comes from the unexpected, and I would have expected Sean to crap all over Mary's ideas. It would have been funnier if he had thought it was brilliant and he had made his own 
blanket of someone else, like Philip Schofield's face or something. <laughs> well, I mean, you laugh. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that would have been actually funny. Well, it was only, as I say, it was only a warm-up to Wednesday's action. That wasn't the point. If you think it's about Ben Shepard's face on a blanket, you haven't been paying attention. Because on Wednesday, suddenly everything heats up, doesn't it? Yes. Mary opens Eileen's post because she promised that she would check for something. She said, to, I would check for any letters from the bank. And then this envelope comes that's clearly not from the bank because it's, it's got, got handwriting on the front in capital letters, which means automatically nobody can identify. Who wrote who, this? Yeah, who, who oh, could this said, be? Right. Um, I think Eileen, this is Eileen's fault. She should do online banking. Mm. I thought it'd be hard to sign up, but it isn't. And that's not even an <laughs> advert. Um, she opens the post, finds a letter written from Todd. Apparently. Todd Grimshaw, her ne'er-do-well son who is still living in the woods on the lamb because he beat up a policeman. He's living down by the canal now. Is he? He's leaving his bag all around there, isn't he? I don't know if I've paid attention. Okay, I might have to help you out with this later. Right, he wants a £1,000. And Mary is very suspicious because she says, why does he want this now? Nobody says anything about where has he been all this time? How come he's writing her a letter now? Oh my God, I can't believe Todd's back. They're going, why does he want a thousand pounds? That wouldn't be my first question about this. I thought they're they, acting I as though I think they're acting as though it's not weird that he's writing to her, but it actually really is. Because he's been I out of remember. contact for three years. Mm. And everything we've heard from Eileen has been, I don't know where Todd is. Mm. Yeah, so I... so the question is not why is he asking for money now? The question is what where the hell is he? Why has he been away for three years? What's he been up to? The £1,000 is the least interesting bit. Anyway, she says to Sean, we better proceed with extreme caution, but what should we do? So Sean goes and asks Billy. And Billy's like, don't be stupid, go and tell Eileen about it, which is, that would surely be the end of the story in Mm. real life. Because Eileen would go, none of your business, I'll sort this out myself. (laughs) Sean texts Todd. So I guess he's left his number in this letter. Yeah, I would have thought that maybe the police might... Oh, no, did he? Did he what? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, if it's not the same number as he's always had, the same SIM card he's always had, the police might have been able to track him down a bit more easily. I don't... Yeah, this is another question. Why aren't they just going to the police? What's happened to Todd that he's no longer a wanted man? Yes. Well, then why aren't they going to the police? Because they're his mate. They don't want to dump him in it. Just like None of this came up in, in, the, in the in the program. You admitted earlier you weren't paying attention. <laughs> I can't say that I was one hundred percent. Sean texts Todd, going, "Where do you want to meet up?" And Todd's like, oh, "I want to do a dead drop in Victoria Gardens." And and Sean texts back, going, "You don't even know what that is." <laughs> was Victoria Gardens even in it when you were last in the show? I don't think it was. Um, yeah, why do Todd? Why is again? So Todd's like, yeah, drop it in Victoria Gardens because there's no way anybody who's a former friend and neighbour of mine will spot me. Also, I want to get a Costa. Yeah, that's the real reason, isn't it? He's like, I heard they got a honeycomb frappuccino. Yeah. What are they called? No, Frostina. Honeycomb Frostina from Costa. Summer special, buy one now while you still can. Don't have the coffee one, though, because it's weird and sticky. Right, so he, yeah. So Billy's let says, um, oh, isn't it sad that he doesn't want to talk to anyone? He just wants the cash. Yes. Oh, I, I miss him. He gives a sad look. Wow. He used to be my boyfriend. They, <laughs> then they get a bag with fake money in it and they're going to do a stakeout. And as you might imagine, 
the combined forces of Billy, Mary and Sean doing a stakeout fail miserably. First of all, Mary's just shouting at a man for dropping litter on the floor. Then Sean has to run off to the toilet. Then Mary falls asleep and Billy is... His way of hiding the fact that he's standing opposite Victoria Gardens is to face the wall so that whoever's there doesn't see him. You said it looked like he was having a bit of a wee outside it did speed look a bit dial, like, didn't it? Because he goes to Mary, you keep an eye out, Mary, and then he stands at the wall like he's going to do a wee. <laughs> but yeah, do you, did you have a problem with this? What? Well... The fact that they're standing opposite the where the stake where they're supposed to be staking it out, and Mary's just wearing sunglasses and lounging on the stairs, and and Billy's standing with his back to it, and that's my, supposed to hide their identity. My problem with this was that it feels like it shouldn't be a comedy story. It should <laughs> yeah. be quite serious, um, but it was played as a comedy story because you got you got your your yeah. straight man in Billy, yeah. ironic, and then. Um, <laughs> Uh, overwhelmed by both Sean and Mary, who are both very over the top. Yeah. And I, I think that having this, that they called him the prodigal son, um, come back after all this time should be like, oh my gosh, what, what? This should be like the sort of thing that happens at the very end of an episode when all this other drama's happened and you think it's over and then in comes Todd going, where's my money? And everyone goes, oh. Yeah, so they, they didn't quite hit it right. And that's I was when I was looking forward to it, I thought, okay, this is going to be a... Yeah, this is ultimately this is confusing work, but... to me. I have to tell you, this is ultimately confusing because Mary falls asleep. Sean and Billy realise that she hasn't been looking to where she should have been. Then they go over and there's a lady there who is collecting the money. And is she a, some kind of proxy for, for Todd? No, she says, um, I found his bag with his phone in it by the canal. Yes. And I went through it, I fa- looked at his texts, and I used my brain to think about the fact that there would be money at this at this drop-off point. No, no, no. No. No, sorry, hang on. Okay. So looks through his phone. I, I realised exactly what the situation is. So I wrote a letter and in <laughs> block, ha- block print so that nobody would know it wasn't his handwriting. <laughs> I wrote a letter to his mother hoping that she wouldn't realise what his handwriting looked like, asking for a £1,000 to be left in a place that I know, that you all know, but I don't know, because I'm not from Weatherfield, but don't ask me any questions. And then she just runs away laughing at how gullible everybody is. It works so nearly, doesn't it? They're like, oh no, that must be true. So this is really confusing. Then they go back to the Rovers together and go, why would he leave his bag by the canal? Like, that's the biggest mystery of this story. <laughs> Paul overhears them and says, "Who are you talking about?" And Billy says, "No, just one of my parishioners who's always leaving his bag by the canal." <laughs> Paul goes, and Billy says, "Whatever Todd's doing, it's Polly just looking after number one." And he says, "I'm not worried about him, and neither should you be." Oh, lot to unpack here. So, what a stupid load of rubbish! Who's this woman? Do you believe her stupid story? Because at the moment, this is the state I'm in with Coronation Street, right? Coronation Street, at times, is so poorly planned out that this could actually be part of the real plot of what happens with Todd. Or it could be a flimsy excuse made up by Todd's right-hand woman who has been dispatched to collect the money. I can't tell because sometimes I'm asked to believe 
equally improbable things what, as part of the story. What she was saying was incredibly improbable, wasn't it? You find so she's right. found his bag, she's looked through his stuff. Well she's managed, managed to managed unlock to, his phone. Uh, yeah, managed to unlock his phone and I can't believe that as a you know an ex lawyer and a pretty smart guy, also somebody who's up to all kind of shady business, wouldn't yeah, it was, it was supposed to believe that he doesn't have a lock on his phone. But anyway, so she found that. Through also, her his phone as well yeah. is able to find out where his mum lives. lives and just takes a chance on writing a if letter. I ask her writing a letter as well in your own handwriting yeah and 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 she is somehow able to infer that this guy is on the run also is Todd at all in contact with anybody on the street no because if he isn't in contact with anybody what text messages did she see on his phone that made her think I can get money out of his mum. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense at well, she, all. And she did a runner by the time by, by the time they were able to ask her any more questions. I about think the actress. They couldn't was be bothered just... to chase after her. You said on Twitter that it was like what that they they gave up chasing her pretty quickly, considering how fast Sean had been moving earlier on in the episode when he was what did he say? My yeah. dam's about to burst when he needed the loo. They're like, nah, she's gone. I don't think it was the character. I think it was the actress who just got embarrassed by the scene and she just ran away. <laughs> And they thought they'd just film it. I, see, I don't want to believe that Todd needs a proxy. To me, he's kind of a lone wolf. Yeah. I don't want, her to, I don't want Todd to he have d- a sidekick. He doesn't need a sidekick. He doesn't no. need to rely on anyone. He's smart enough to be able to do it himself. And she looked like the sort of person who, even though we only saw her briefly, she looked too smart to be Todd's gullible idiot. Because there's no way that Todd would be in cahoots with anybody. Mm. If you're Todd's sidekick, he's manipulating you in some manner or another. But then, I mean, three years have passed, desperate times, but maybe listen, you have to get a sidekick. But Michael, how the thing that gets me as well is, again, the money thing. The amount of money that's, that is involved in this is so ridiculous. There's no way that you would be in desperate need of just a £1,000 to, to jeopardise... We still don't know what the situation is. No, like, you heard of the cost of accommodation in Manchester at the moment. That's... Very expensive. You couldn't get very far on a grand, no. is my point. So, why come out of hiding after three years and go, I need your help desperately. Please give me a £1,000. Well, you might as well ask for 50p. Maybe it's not you knew gonna... that Eileen didn't have much more. I, mean, I don't know how much... How much money was she left with after the Phelan thing? Didn't, didn't they find... I don't know. When did they find that money stashed oh, underneath yeah, they the, did, the they? sink? But, um, uh, and also, what is this actually Todd? Is Was Todd ever in... Like, so, so, Todd is definitely exists in some manner. Whether or not this woman was sent by him and, and her story is wrong, or if he's just leaving his bag by the canal, he's in the area somewhere... And he's either got himself a minion to go and get himself a thousand pounds off of his mum, mm. or he's just left his bag by the canal with his phone in it. Right. So either way, uh, he's in Manchester slash Weatherfield yeah. slash Salford. N- neither of those things feel like it's Todd. But uh, as I said, if he's if he's been in, in desperate times, maybe he would resort to having a minion. But listen, imagine if you, imagine if the last time you were seen was when you were trying to run away with a little girl in a car and then you got out of the car and you had a punch-up with a policeman 
and then you ran into the woods and you've never been seen since. Why would you be parading up and down Manchester canals with your bag and your phone? Desperate. With your real name in it so that somebody can look up who your mum is. And also, who records addresses in their phone of their mum? I've got some addresses on my phone. That's what I used to write my Christmas cards each year. Todd ain't writing Christmas cards to anybody. Um, I'm sure all will become clear next week. I think the fact that this has generated this discussion kind of means that we're we're sort of interested in it. But as, the thing as much that... as I felt that they flubbed it a bit with the the over comedization or whatever the word is of the of the story, I, I'm really really interested thing, to see where this goes. The thing that bothers me about this is Coronation Street trying to deflect questions about what Todd has been up to and not address it, either to create intrigue in the viewer to find out if these questions are going to be asked or to totally ignore the, and sidestep the questions altogether and never never answer them, which I'm worried that they're going to do. Yeah, by it's going to come. By having characters ask such feeble-minded, irrelevant questions of the ongoing situation... Here's a letter from Todd. Why is he asking for this now? No, that's not the question. A woman turns up and, and is, after, is after Todd's money and says that she just found his bag by the canal and she runs away. Why did he leave his bag by the canal? These are not the questions that any sane person would be asking themselves after this situation. But they wanted to find out more, but she did a runner, didn't she? Yes, the question is, who was that woman? Not why did he leave his bag by the canal? Well... As I say, there there is more to come on this. I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm, I'm also fairly by intrigued by the the Paul angle as well because Billy is clearly trying to hide from Paul that he's what what he's doing, which very clearly flags up that he still has some lingering feelings for Todd, despite and you know, protesting otherwise earlier on in the week. He said, "Oh, um, well, in this episode, was like, oh, he's only looking after number one. That's how he always is." Um, you know he just because yeah but just because i critten just because i criticize something doesn't mean i'm not enjoying it mm. i thought this was very interesting and i like i i do like billy sean and mary together i don't think it totally worked but it wasn't terrible i thought it was some there were some funny bits do you think this could spell the end for uh paul and billy i'm assuming oh yeah i forgot they were dating <laughs> I know. Why did he lie to him then? But I told you because he doesn't want. Yeah, I know, but if uh, he doesn't want his boyfriend to know that he's, but Billy's doing not... anything with yeah, his. Yeah, but Billy's. I don't think Billy. I think Billy's too sensible. I didn't like. Do you it not when... think that as soon as you start to think I should probably lie to my partner about this, you should be going, "Oh, this is a danger zone. I shouldn't involve myself. I should tell them what's going on and just leave it at that." As soon as you start going, well, I won't. I won't tell them about this. Um, dramatic situation I had with my ex yeah I wonder, I wonder how minion. much Paul knows about Todd I suppose was he in it bef- after t- oh yeah yeah he's, I he's don't only, remember he's, he was like two years between Todd okay. leaving and Paul coming in at okay. least so but I mean I, I suppose people like, would say I can't be bothered to someone explain someone might have told him or, or Sean's a massive gossip you can't live with Sean for any amount of time without hearing everybody's life story can you I mean to be fair also we wouldn't have had time for Billy to say, oh, that was my ex-boyfriend's secret minion or slash robber. And he, Todd, is actually my boyfriend. But, you know what I mean? And then yeah. tell everybody, tell us all about how 
who ran, ran away and he used to be a panto villain with a scar on his I face. predict that something is going to happen in Paul's uh, and Gemma's birthday party. And it's all going to come out there. And it's, he's going to be having a, gonna gonna be having having a lovely double act themed birthday party with a PJ and Duncan signs uh, album next week. And then he's going to have the, 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 the party ruined when it turns out, when he finds out that Billy still harbours lingering feelings for his nefarious yeah, because, ex. Because for some reason, Sean and Mary have been invited because they are the current hilarious double act on Coronation Street. So that only, it makes sense that they be there. And then Mary just says, out of the blue, in the middle of them playing musical chairs, I, I wonder what happened to your ex-boyfriend, Billy, that we were just talking about not hours ago. I don't know how it's going to happen, but that is my prediction. I'm also massively giving this story the benefit of the doubt because I really, really, really want it to work. That is my final, Why would you go? final word on this this week. Please drop it off in Victoria Gardens, but don't look. What, if you're Todd or if you're the woman? If you're anybody with a brain. Well, that's what that's how these dead jobs work, isn't it? I was going to say, put it on the red wreck, but we're not allowed to do any location shots. <laughs> and we yeah. can't even go out the front and pretend it was Weatherfield General or something that isn't near the street. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point, actually. Can you drop it off in Freshco's car park? No, no, no. Weatherfield General? No, no, no. You don't want to do it by Weatherfield General because there's a load of characters that are in there at the moment. What if Leanne saw me? What if, uh, what what if, if Seth saw, saw me? me? <laughs> he wouldn't tell anybody because he's not in it anymore. Right. Interesting stuff, I thought, but I'm easy on say, the comedy, please. I'm going to say thought-provoking. Yes. <laughs> Never the twins shall meet. So, this is the other comedy storyline of the week. Oh, no, wait, it wasn't. No. That was just unintentional. Don't be mean about people getting trapped under Abby, engine blocks. Abby has decided, as we know, that she wants to go and say goodbye to the twins before they jet off to Australia at the end of the week. She phones up social services. It's all on. So, I'll see you at the Wednesday's episode... Victoria Gardens. <laughs> Wednesday's episode starts with Seb and Kevin discussing this meeting that they've got with the Sebelings this afternoon it's with vitally Charlie and Lexa. That Abby turns up. And Seb's like, don't forget the time of the meeting, Abby. Meeting's on. You better be there. I don't think you're going to turn up. And Abby's like, chill, boy. I'm going to be at the meeting. I would never Promise mess I'll be there. <laughs> Nothing at all could get in the way of me being there to see the twins and saying goodbye to them. Or it's all see I you, want. as they say in Australian. It's my life passion. This afternoon. So, she tells... <laughs> She she's got some work to do first before she can get to, uh, get on to the to the airport. She's got to do some engine work. She has got to do some engine stuff. Sadly, Kevin is called away for a breakdown. Now, so that <laughs> no, I think it's my just to ensure breakdown. that nobody can rescue her from this impending doom that's spelled out oh so clearly. He shuts her in, locks her in, yeah. and turns then turns the music up. She she turns that music up. She doesn't want anybody to hear her. I'll put my she's, phone carefully she's seconds over here. away from crying out in pain. Yeah, she puts her phone over there don't need that anymore she yeah she, not gonna be phoning anybody scene, for any reason the scene is set when she put her phone down i went naively she's gonna forget what the time is and not hear her alarm <laughs> did you little did i think that seconds later we would see a woman nearly crushed to death i'm interested because did you not did you know this accident was going to happen had no. you seen pre- preview pictures that sadly i had um it's one of those cases of I kind of got everything I needed to get just from that one picture of her being crushed by an engine that I saw last week. So when when all this was, did did it feel to you like something is something bad's going to happen? No, I just thought, oh, she's going to not hear, she's not oh, going to okay. hear the, the the alarm, 
and she because she will be so happy doing her work because we know how much she loves engines not anymore no instead she accidentally pulled an engine down on top of her left shoulder and you would pinned think to the floor this would be one of the things that you w- just wouldn't do mm. like or but you know she's not the first person to be trapped underneath a car in even in that garage I think they need to put more health and safety posters up. Kevin's been trapped under a car in there at one point, I think. Loads of people have, yeah, yeah. And she's lucky it was just an engine. She's lucky she didn't buy it like Harry Hewitt. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) um, Seb, meanwhile, has bought two of Deb's cheapest chocolate bars. He can't even splash out for Cadbury's for the twins. I mean, they're going to go into the other side of the world. You'd have thought that you'd get more than just a couple of bars of Kenners to keep them busy on there. How long, how many hours is it to get to Australia? 82. 82 hour yep. journey on the slow train yep. trained plane <laughs> slow to uh... train to Australia <laughs> okay down that Trans-Siberian Railway oh nice one um, yeah so I think that this is just to indicate that Seb is a, a lad of humble means yes so he's got them their, their chocolate bars and he's like where's Abby I can't believe she's missed this when I, I specifically I, told her not to I told her oh, I knew it I knew it and Alina comes uh, rocks up and she was like oh I just saw that the garage is closed so Abby's definitely not there and he because brings... nobody closes the door when they're in there because they it would be a safety hazard. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, and so he went... Uh, uh, seriously, is Kevin going to get in trouble for this? Um, <laughs> it's almost as though he had arranged for an accident specifically to happen. And if he... If maybe it he wa- was worried that she'd hop on the plane with them. It's like, I can't bear to be parted from you. I'm coming with you, twins. And Abby's like... And Ken's like, this is he's the hottest bird that I've had for years. I'm going to keep hold of her. I'm going to pin her down with that engine. Um, no, he Seb phones up Abby. No answer. Can't believe she's not answering her phone. Meanwhile, um, P- Peter, whose car is the one that Abby's been working on, is wondering. Well, he's not getting that back today. Why? Where's my car? I'm going to knock on Tyrone's door and demand to know where it is. Tyrone's in the middle of having a, a lovely bubble bath with what is it, lemon bath bomb or something like that? I don't Which know. Which I, that, that was one of my highlights of the week actually. The little Nina scene that she had with Tyrone earlier in the episode where. She said, well, he said, oh, I'm home alone today. I've got, oh, I've got yeah. a day off. And she's like, oh, you're going to walk around the house naked? And he's like, uh, no. And the, just the look, she, she gave absolutely perfect look as if, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody does it, don't they? I thought How? that was hilarious. How can you stand to walk around naked? Well, you did a poll on Twitter, didn't you? And I oh, think what was the answer? People voted, no, I don't walk around naked. But it but was. Quite a lot of people said they did. It was, it was about 60 40, I think. I don't know. Wow. You can't wear black if you're naked, can you, Nina? Is that really a thing that people do? It's, I just don't think it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable and drafty. I mean, anyway. And also, I don't want to talk about my about nakedness. Well, nobody's there to look. He's not going to walk past the mirror and go, ah! And then fall down the stairs. Um, just, Alan Halsell. You've just blown people's ears out. Sorry. Alan Halsell, he's. he's um, Alan Halsell probably up, walks around he? naked everywhere. Yeah. He's Showing to, off his bod. He's had to buff himself up for Tisha. He's all I right. I don't want to speculate as to his motivations. Anyway, um, I'm lost. She, he, Tyrone's, she's like... Peter's like, can I have my car back, please? And Tyrone's like, does I have the keys to the garage again? Why does he Flagrant think it's closed? Health and safety risk. Hmm? Peter said I've just been over to no, the garage across the road. It's but closed. But Tyrone would, shouldn't be like, yeah, just get help yourself to your car. I assume it's fixed. Hopefully he's the engine's not on the bath. floor. He's, he's too chilled out. So Peter goes over there, finds Abby with an engine on top of her and phones an ambulance. Which and he's she... like, is this some kind of method or are you stuck? Abby 
Gets loaded into the ambulance on Can Friday. Can I just say, yes. Sally Carmen was giving it 100% there. Very, very convincing performance. She was selling it, even though probably 99% of the people at home watching it were going, can you, can you not just tip it over and free yourself? I know. She I looked know. very distressed. She did. She did, she did give it she her She did a really good job. It's unfortunate that she was underneath an inflatable engine block. <laughs> she gets loaded into the ambulance. Phone's still ringing in the background. It's Seb, um, who, who then turns up later after seeing the twins off on their plane. Um, he finds out, along with Kevin, from Tyrone, what's been going on with Abby. So they hot-fit her over there to Weatherfield General, just in time for Abby to wake up, who is devastated to hear that Charlie and Lexa are now halfway across Russia. <laughs> I know, then you're not going to get very far in an 82 hour journey <laughs> in four hours. No, they probably haven't even made it to. Uh... They're probably not even at the airport, no. let's be frank. No, but. I can't remember what they said. I don't know where the meeting point think was about, supposed to be. Think about how long it takes you from when you leave your house to get on the plane and take off. I... They're probably wandering around duty free buying giant Toblerones, <laughs> going, This this chocolate that Seb gave us is load of old crap. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where's me ma'am? <laughs> I was a bit confused earlier on in the week and they probably said and I didn't pay any attention to where the meeting was supposed to be because I just assumed they were gonna go to you know, social services HQ, not that literally I'm gonna wave you off as the plane flies away into the I'm distance only gonna meet you in the business lounge because they've got free alcohol. Because if that's the case, then they're leaving it until the very last minute and she deserves to not see them. Anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> I thought we liked Abby on this show. I do like Abby. But she makes mistakes. Anyway, she's sad because she didn't get to see the twins. Yeah, she is sad. She's later told that she can go home, isn't she? But she's not allowed any morphine because it's too addictive. Remember that, listeners, viewers? Surely everybody knows this. Then she has a nice little scene with Seb who seems to have forgiven her. I don't care, you only really got mad with her for a brief moment, so hooray, your friends again. Um, She, he, he also says, oh, I understand they really are going off to a better life. They've got a big swimming pool and a garden as big as the wreck. What more could any child need? And he also says... Sometimes the love of a parent? No. Love, he says sometimes love just isn't enough. Yeah. And you need a massive pool in your garden. <laughs> it, I thought this was really sad and crushing because it, it just... I don't think Seb realised how cruel he was being when he said that to her that she couldn't provide these things. And really, children don't need swimming pools and massive gardens. They do just need their mum's love. I think you're saddest for the twins because, you know, they're going to the land of giant spiders. And drop bears. Yeah. And where we, where people don't say goodbye, they say, see you later. <laughs> which I didn't understand. I've never heard that phrase before, have you? No, like, we, we don't say that, that in, this, in country. this country. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch Neighbours or Home and Away. Sorry, so. I don't speak Australian. <laughs> anyway... Um, he leaves the her uh, with this card, which is what's it's got the see you later letter, and it's quite nice. But uh, she needs to enunciate a little bit more clearly because we, we had, had to watch that scene three times, on. and the subtitles were on the last scene. She's given she was, it a good performance. She was. She was just blubbing a little bit too much to get the words out um, clearly. But anyway, I we, we mock, but I think that she did do a good job. Sally Carmen did an excellent job all the way through this. She 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 really really did. It it was just not the. I didn't. This isn't really the way I wanted the story to go. Anyway, um, now I thought we were sadly, done. Honestly, I thought we were done with this. I, I am kind of bored. I'm glad, I'm glad the they're in gone Australia, now. and I never want to hear from them again. Well, this, the story's morphed into something else, hasn't morphed. it? Morphine. Um, yeah, 
unfortunately for the poor nurse there, um, Sally Carmen's fantastic acting only went to make his terrible delivery <gasps> of that line even worse. I know I don't usually. You, no, you can. I don't I don't need to that often. Well, I did last week, didn't I? You did. I think that that guy who played the nurse, he just maybe it was I don't a know real what nurse. He, he said, "Oh, you look like you're crying there." Do you need me to help you because I am trained in these things? Oh, there is an emergency happening You're in that mean. bed over there. Can you look after Don't my drugs let for me? Don't take this morphine. <laughs> I'll see you in a minute. Yeah, at least. And it don't was... worry. There's no record of what's in here. We don't check it off as we go. It's not locked up or anything. It's There's just no there, lock on it. All handily labelled. This one here, the morphine, the one that just earlier on in the episode, one of my mates told you is very, very addictive. It's got a sign on don't it. Don't take that one. It says on it, addictive, but ever your, so lovely. And it says on your notes at the end of your bed here that you're an ex-drug addict. So definitely, definitely, definitely don't take it. I promise it's not as good as heroin. Heroin's the best. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? She takes it. She grabs it. Despite all those warnings. She goes she and was warned. snuffles it underneath her bed sheets. But not before um, Peter, Peter Barlow yeah. turns up um, and um, sees her. Peter, keep your nose out of other people's addictions, will you? Last time, you were having a go at Yasmin. She's not even an alcoholic. How do you know that Abby is not going, oh, this morphine is is dangerous. I better just take it so that nobody else does. He's just left it on an unattended trolley. I'm just gonna yeah. Hide I better it. hide it so well, no maybe, no smack addicts come along. And maybe get it. that's what Peter did think because then when when <laughs> Kevin showed up mere seconds later talking about Jack's PB, um, peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> Um, he, she, Peter doesn't say anything. The other PB, Peter Barlow, doesn't say anything. Probably he's thinking, if I keep my cards right, there's half a bottle of morphine in it for me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> because we know that Peter does have a history with addictions of his own. Yum, yum, yum. So maybe next week we will see Peter and Abby getting back to their fagging and shagging, <laughs> which that we, we all have fond memories of on the boat before it went up in flames. Oh. And, and that can be their um, their nightcap. Beautiful. Yeah. What a romance. So, what do so, you, you think of this story? <laughs> I, oh, I think I've said everything. I was sad for the accident, just because of I don't know what I don't know whether it was worse than the wedding or not this week. It wasn't. It wasn't. I worth was just looking at it and saying, just, just push off. I've never had an engine land on top of me. I will say I know that it, it didn't. It, she she it was on her shoulder and she should have been able to just kind of like like rotate her body but her arm was 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 where it would have rolled to but honestly if i think i had the choice between being pinned under my body being pinned under an engine or my arm being pinned under an engine i'd rather have my arm mm. She could have tried to. Yeah. She was she was moaning and groaning and huffing and puffing and she and it looked like her reaction was as though an entire car was on her. So I've decided in my brain that it wasn't an engine; it was the whole car. I need to see but, the but twins. They, but they couldn't do it because they they for some reason coronavirus means that you can't pin women under cars anymore for entertainment. I don't know. I just think it shows a total lack of commitment from Abby because if she really wanted to see those twins, she'd have gone the whole 72 hours, saw the arm off to yeah, get over to that airport. Yeah, you know how long it takes to chop your arm off. We've all seen that film. 
And what they could have done, because you know that Abby had some tattoos mysteriously appear recently, <laughs> if they'd have just hold off on, on showing those for a little bit longer, they could have had Abby self-amputate, but then get a prosthetic arm or a, a, a donor it. arm yeah. with tattoos on it. We've, we're in a that pandemic. That. You can't be choosy. We've only got this arm. <laughs> do you remember that episode what, of Red Dwarf when, um, when Rimmer... Is is hard is is hologram projection whatever gets corrupted and he gets Peterson's arm with tattoos all over it and he ends up poking himself in the eye. Yeah, so not not the best accident, but I thought Sally did the best she could with yep. um, not so great a scene, and it was far far too foreshadowed. I think um, I didn't get it. I was like, I think she's may- maybe miss her it was because I expected it to happen. If you knew would... that she was going to end up in a in a in an accident, it, obviously you would know. Mm. I, 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 I'm not particularly looking forward this going to down another drug addiction storyline, which it seems like it's going to be, and it doesn't feel like it's been very long since we had a it's Billy drug addiction storyline. Wouldn't it have been lovely to have had a scene, and I know they couldn't have done it, at the airport with her seeing the twins, having a really sad, heartfelt goodbye I never thought of this, but you're right, they couldn't that have... That would have been a lovely, scene. lovely scene. And I know that Sal would have pulled that oh, off. Oh, do you know what they it could have done? It would have been beautiful. I'd have I'd even you, accepted listen, a music montage. Listen, what they could have done was flip it and have Seb have an accident, but he becomes our point of view character. And then we have Seb rush to the airport, gets there, and Abby like turns around and she's got tears in her eyes. And Seb says, what happened? And she says... I said goodbye. You know, we could have him come up on her having just said goodbye because he was waylaid for some reason. And then we could have had a nice, just assume. I, or what we could do is get two adorable puppies and have them stand in for the twins mm. and she, they could look in each other's faces. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like it would have been a really nice feel-good ending. It would have been. It would have been a bit like... seen that scene. And maybe... Becky on the plane-esque. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just thinking that. Um, I want, it's but one no, of these things Michael. where I think, no. was that ever the plan and they no. had to change it? No, no, it's drugs. There's just too much. Drugs, drugs, another... drugs. Time for more drugs. <sighs> it's just too, I'm going to say it, too dark. <laughs> How too is she going to get the more, I don't understand about this. Is she going to lick it out of the tube? Because you have to inject it, don't you? Actually, where's she going to... I suppose she if you're junkie, just needs to ask you know Billy to what get. he did because it's only been two, three years since Michael, Billy also got addicted to medicine when he was horribly um, sent to hospital. This happens. It feels like it's a repeat. It's like people are so predictable and they always have the same problems. Next thing you know, she's going to be shooting up in the garage. Do you think that she is... I Do you not think that Pete is not just going to go, oh, Kevin, can you go and get us some tea? Abby, put the bloody morphine back. They're going to come back any minute and find it's missing, dozy mare. Do you think they don't keep track of morphine in a hospital when they know that you're a drug addict? They might do, but they, they they didn't have her take it for no reason. So even if that particular bottle of morphine she doesn't take away, I can completely see her going back home and self-medicating the old-fashioned way with a nice injection of heroin. <sighs> Which... The idea of that story I don't just want does not Abby to, to be me. a drug addict again. It's I know. Re- it's, it's realistic that she feels tempted, but again, that could be a nice story of overcoming temptation. And, but and... is it no? No, because it will just be like put it back then. 
Well, that was a good cliffhanger. I well, know, but she she could still, you know, be going off. No, Peter, more... I'm going to drink it. What's the street name for heroin? I don't know. Skank. Or was that the other one? Um, Smack. Or what did they say? Angel dust. That's a good one. Is that heroin? I don't know. Um, no, kind not, of interesting. Kind of interesting. Heroin's how... old school. Nobody does heroin anymore. Kind of interesting how Peter's involved in this storyline. A she because try he cocaine. goes, he does his. Um, he does his AA meeting and he's supposed to be good with helping people to not be addicts anymore. B, because Abby and Peter have got a bit of a romantic history and that could be rekindled with this. I don't know. Again, I do not want to see that, but it could. And C, and this is something that I read somebody else saying on the internet, this isn't my original idea, but I think it's a bloody good one. Peter is also one half and of abandoned twin. Because when he was a little boy, he and his sister were abandoned by Ken who left them in Scotland and oh, went away. And I wonder like whether Peter will now say to Abby, well, me and Susan turned out all right. Well, I did. Susan's dead now, Susan's but t- I'm sure Lexi will be fine. <laughs> I'm sure she's not going to get hit by a car Nothing, in Australia. That never happens that to never any happens. Coronation Street characters ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my poor Oops. uncle. Maybe I just trying to remember the Barlow family tree there. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, kind of honestly, interesting though, having him in the story. Very good, yeah, very good points that you raised there. But as usual, my aversion to Peter and his preachy ways would mean as soon as I saw Peter come around the corner giving me that judgmental look in his eye, I think I would have grabbed everything else on the train mm. try to end it all. Also, are we going to see a return of dodgy Scots lady who came and harassed Carla in the pub a month and month and a half ago Why? to get some drugs? No, I don't want more drugs. No. I really, 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 Corrie. What? what don't want a drug addiction storyline. Get addicted to. Can't we have one of these people that was on like? Coronation Street. <laughs> that ruined your life. Can't we have one of these people? The silent killer. <laughs> it's not very silent. You know, like these programs where they have these strange addictions, like women who like lick ashtrays or drink bleach or something can we have something interesting i just don't want an addiction storyline they've been done to death honestly i do not want it i know but the thing is they are important they are things that happen to people but and i hate to hate to say this because i'm trying really hard not to compare current Corey to past Corey because i always used to get kind of frustrated you've become one of those people but i have become one of those people because coronation street went for decades without having storylines about people addicted to things and now we can't go three years without having somebody have you know injecting our drugs in a church mm. you can't the, the thing is you can't get more bombastic or what's the word i'm thinking outrageous than a vicar shooting up in a church We've gone, we've gone as far as we can go with drugs and addiction. Yeah. You can't shock me with it, so why bother? That's true, that's true, actually. They do it for the, you know, the, the short-term sensation. And... But the other thing I will say is that they've done, I think they've handled Peter quite well because he's continually tempted mm. by drinking and he always manages to overcome it. And I think that is... I mean, some people would argue against this because they, they say, you know, there are people that say that... that it, uh, portrays a uh, continuous addiction and other people will say you're always addicted you're always an alcoholic etc I know there are different schools of thought but Peter's obviously of the school of thought that he is an alcoholic forever mm. more and so it's true to his character but I think it's a positive message to say yes I, you will be tempted but you can be strong and, and not not do it and, and there will be times that you want to 
yeah. and there may oh. even be times when you do it and then you just go right i'm starting again from zero and that's what peter does and i really hope that somewhere somebody's written down no matter what you do peter barlow will never become an alcoholic again because we want to give a positive message and we want to we don't want him to go back to that place mm. but i want them to just rub it out and go no one will be an uh, addict on coronation street again and then in brackets because it's really boring now <laughs> abby's shown such such strength as a character as well in recent years and it's annoying to me because it's not like she's got nothing to live for because she gave, gave the twins not one thought before they moved to Australia. I know we're supposed to think that she was thinking, she of, was them thinking of them every day. thinking of them every day. But literally, she, had, she never mentioned them before. She's got a job of boyfriend. She's reconciled with her son. She's living with uh, her partner and she's got a good relationship with his son. She's, she's got everything except that she didn't get to say goodbye to, her, to the twins. And they wrote her a lovely card and said, no hard feelings, mum. Stick another shrimp on the barbie, as they say in Australia, when they mean to say <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we'll see you later. Do you think... Let's now, eat, let's now drink a bottle of morphine. Do you think that Jack is on any medication? I don't know whether you need medication if you have a prosthetic leg. Probably need to take morphine. <laughs> Do you think the doctor's like, I know it sucks, you've got no leg, but here you go. Here's some I don't know, maybe. I mean, so she, maybe she could steal from him. Would maybe she... somebody will have a horrible accident. Who's on drugs? They're pretty all on drugs. They've all got oh, yeah. one condition or another, don't they? Anyway. Can you get any joy out of... MS medicine. Anti-kidney rejection medicine? Because that's the plenty. There's, there's that every, all, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about that stuff that you can take to drink milk that Amy's obviously on? Yeah, and uh, David's epilepsy medicine. I bet you if we mix them all together, they'd be awfully fun. <laughs> Why not try? Give it a go. Come on, let's say. move on to the when next story. When it comes story. to drugs, my, my motto is, give it a go. <laughs> Gemma, that's that's awful. not true. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> Don't listen. <laughs> well, it's the worst that can happen. You know we're only joking. Vanessa. <laughs> Do you have to legally say that? Yes. I hope nobody's listening that thinks that's a good idea, because it's bad. That's what we say, isn't it? Yes, drugs are bad. <laughs> I've never had drugs. Neither have I. Good. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> right, am I reading this one out? You are doing the Gemma story, Gemma. Okay, right, so don't got forget... got your name on it. ...that last week, Vanessa had been told where to go by Bernie, who who met up with her in Victoria Gardens. It's a good job they cleared out of there, because that was needed for a drop-off point. Mm. Um, and Vanessa had been trying to get closer to Gemma because she's very sad because her husband is a pig. On Monday, Bernie comes in having just told Vanessa to do one and she tells Gemma and Gemma's annoyed because Vanessa's not mean anymore. She's really nice and fun. And I still don't know if we're supposed to think that Vanessa's really nice and fun or just a big fat user. I still I still think there might be. What do you think maybe what? I think maybe she is nice. I'll give her the benefit of a doubt. I think she's boring. She's not nice, she's just boring. She's not even imaginative enough. She needs Imogen. Her personality doesn't exist unless she's with somebody else. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bothered by her. She's, she's okay. Right, so, so um, Bernie says, oh, you, Vanessa's changed, and also, Bernie, you can shut up because you've been given so many second chances. Um, Bernie says, I don't care, I'm family, you can't compare the two, and Gemma storms off. 
and then they meet up anyway. What was the whole point? <laughs> I don't really know. Because <laughs> Vanessa and Gemma have a meeting in the gardens because Gemma has got a phone. She hasn't left it in a bag by the canal. She can make send messages to people. She doesn't have to write it out in a letter. Yes. So they meet up and she goes on about the fact that she is going to have her birthday with Paul, her twin. And then as children, they idolise the famous British twins, PJ and Duncan. I don't think they're actually related. <laughs> um, and she was going to get an autograph of them. And Does everybody know that PJ and Duncan are Anton Deck? I don't know whether... I think we might need to PJ and Duncan that. were the rap names of famous TV... British TV presenting duo Ant and Deck. Golden boys. And if you don't think you know who they are, but you have seen Love Actually... You do know who they are because they made a very small appearance. Oh, that was a great scene. When the best joke of all time by Bill Nye was uttered. And you really <laughs> won't, of drugs. won't understand the joke if you don't know who Ant and Deck are. And I won't say the joke because you need to see them to, to get it. And she, so, so yeah, PJ and Duncan in the 90s, I think, yeah. they had their rap career. And they were also in Biker Grove. Biker Grove. And um, then they turned into Ant and Deck. Then they turned into Ant and Deck and everybody loves and them. And now they win every award going. Every, every bloody year award. On the chart. Every national television award. So how many years? 15 years? They've the won best, best entertainers or something? The or best, best cheeky presenters. presenting duo award goes to Ant and Deck. Yeah. So and very I famous. refuse to believe that they are named the way they are because Deck is the big one and Ant is the small one because his uh, name is Ant because he's small. And Deck is called Deck because he has a big forehead like a Deck. And that's how I get the names right, the right way around. You're wrong. So anyway, Gemma, being a child of the 90s, along with her brother Paul, obviously idolised PJ and Duncan. She swears it's for Paul's birthday, but I'm going to suggest that it's secretly for her. Anyway, she was trying to win it on eBay and she just missed out. Apparently these things are rare as hen's teeth. She'll never get another chance to buy this. <laughs> Gemma goes home and says that... She is 100% beaver. Hmm? 100%? No, you're just misreading my notes. She's got a brilliant idea, and that word that says beaver is supposed to say never. Her (laughs) new idea, which nobody has ever thought of before, (laughs) is how about I set up an online mum and baby group? What would you call that, Michael? If I was in Dragon's Den, I'd be giving her a million pounds for this. No, but if you were to create an online place for mums to talk... What, what, on the net? What would you call it? (laughs) (laughs) Mother's web. (laughs) Bernie says, don't take on too much too soon. And she also probably said, but they cut it out, don't try to reinvent the wheel. (laughs) I think mothers have existed in the world and navigated their particular problems before you came along with... Four babies. I, I, yeah. It is really infuriating. I bet, I bet mums get this all the time, though, when somebody comes in with their first baby and tries to tell you everything that you're doing wrong with your baby because they've read a book about it and their baby sleeps through the night and why doesn't yours? It must be your fault. Have you tried feeding it? What I don't hemp? get is if Gemma is such an internet pioneer, <laughs> why was she unable to use Google to find the names of some famous twins earlier in the week? Because she said she could only think of one set of famous twins. I might not be able to name... What? That's what she said at the end of the week, wasn't it? For their twin party. She was, 
She was like, I was going to make it a twin party, but I couldn't think of any famous twins, so it's now about double acts. Weren't you listening? No. I'm, now, I'm, now I'm in thought. What famous twins are there? I said Jedward. Oh, Jedward. What a national oh, treasure. Oh, yes, cheeky girls, she said, didn't she? She went for cheeky girls. But anyway, I'm saying... I'm actually surprised that she didn't want to get Jedward's autograph. And I'll tell you what, the, the biggest travesty of this whole storyline is that if we didn't have coronavirus, we might even have had a special appearance by Anton Deck to give Paul their signature in person. Yeah. But no, that will never Anyway, I'm now. saying, I might not be able to come up with many famous twins off the cuff, but if I was an internet genius like Gemma, I might think of Googling it rather than just changing the theme of the party. But listen, we're we're not gi- we're not giving Gemma enough credit here. I think that Weatherfield has been firmly established as a place that exists outside the current accepted internet universe that we live with. Like yeah. they probably don't have pay- PayPal, they probably don't have Wikipedia. She could invent all of these things. <laughs> yeah. She could be sitting on a gold mine here. They don't have Google, they have Vogel. Yeah. They don't have Facebook, they have Friendface. No, that's the IT crowd. They don't have. <laughs> they don't. They don't have connect. Gucci Gucci. They have Mule Face. <laughs> they don't have Gucci Gucci. They have Gucci. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, yeah. Je- Bernie We've says. Peace together. Bernie Gemma. says, "Don't don't worry about it, Gemma, because those those things already exist. You don't need to do it yourself." So on Wednesday. But she does it anyway. She does it anyway because she's a willful child. On Wednesday, Billy tells Paul that he's got him a new board game for his thirtieth next week. And Paul says... He says that's a rubbish idea, mate. Do I get... Paul obviously does not know that board games have moved well beyond Monopoly into a whole new world of excitement like that he can't Twiglet even... Like Jenga? Has anyone heard of that one? Yeah. Have you heard of counting how many eyes are on your Ben Shepherd cardigan? Because <laughs> that's also a fun thing to do at home. Billy calls somebody and says, the chicken is in the coop. And it oh, yeah, sounds like there's scene. a secret birthday surprise afoot. Okay, so I don't think it was completely obvious in that scene who he was talking to. No. Now, the synopsis for the episode says it was Gemma. But I think I miss, unless... I, and I think I did watch that scene twice. They didn't make it really, really obvious at all that he was speaking to Gemma. Also, whoever it is, if literally your phone's ringing, you're sitting there, you know, doing your whatever, doing your vlogging or whatever, your phone rings and it's the vicar and like, hello, the chicken's in the coop and he doesn't suspect... Phone down. He's like, what? Also, what kind of secret message is that? The chicken is in the coop and he doesn't suspect we're throwing him a secret surprise party. I'd, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, Gemma, who is obviously um, genius of the street, understands exactly what Billy means by this cryptic maybe message. They, maybe they have prearranged that he would say this. Why maybe. didn't they have something more themed? Billy was the one... I mean, Paul was the one that brought up the conversation of the party anyway. Don't question this stupidity because you'll only drive yourself insane. My question is, why is Paul the one who's having a surprise party when his sister is battling postnatal depression, dealing with four four babies, one adopted child 
and an idiot boyfriend. Yeah, well, Paul came face to face with his abuser last year and that was actually a very harrowing time for him. I can't believe that everybody else is letting Gemma organise this party when she's already continuously told everybody that she cannot cope. Do you think they're like, well, she's got time for vlogging, she's got time to organise a party. I'm sorry, I'm just not... Sorry, I just don't feel sympathy for her anymore. Now she's spending all her time on the internet. Gemma going wants on eBay. To, to do the party. What is Paul getting, Gemma? For? She's put so much more thought into this than Paul has. Paul's just worried about why Billy's skulking around with canal bags. Finding better ideas to do than uh, board games with the vicar. I can think of worse things to do in my life. So anyway, Gemma set up a virtual mums group and I'm surprised they didn't think of a snappy name for it, like Mum Chat <laughs> or Chat Mums or something. I'm trying to think of something, but nothing's coming to me. It just just set it up like this, you know. She's just, it's just suggested all like, she's on Monday's done, episode. By Wednesday, she's already done it. All she's done is set up a Zoom call with other women who have children. Yes, it's not, that's all it is. Let's not give her too much credit here. Vanessa, she she basically is hosting this as well. Mm. Why? We have to see the I'm painful scene where we had to say her saying go- see her saying goodbye to all the people as well. Bye. Just kill me. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of Gemma being a character who is using her one session of counselling to help every single other frazzled mother in the entire Weatherfield area with her newfound knowledge. It's so patronising and irritating. Vanessa's like, oh, you've done a good job. Thank you for help me, helping me overcome my loneliness because <laughs> nobody's invented Facebook. Yeah, we've just been going through this pandemic and my character definitely has because I mentioned it last week. I have been in lockdown, and even but though, I didn't know how Zoom worked. Even though I was on Zoom with you last week, I didn't know I could add more than one person at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's what that little button with the, with, the, with the person and the plus next to it meant. Your relentless working class enthusiasm for life has rejuvenated me and also I've got news about your PJ and Duncan autograph. Oh yes, because she very handily... I know someone. <laughs> know somebody who's able to get hold of one of these CDs that's there in hands to. PJ and Duncan autograph, you say? I happen to know PJ and Duncan. We all know each other up north. <laughs> that's not what she said. She said she knew somebody who worked in some memorabilia thing. Yes. Can you just imagine Vanessa, Vanessa, yeah, Vanessa coming up to him going, oh, and I need a PJ and Duncan autographed CD. Please take this for free. I've got 50 of them and I can't <laughs> ship them. So that was no problem. That's sorted out. I'm glad I'm glad that they didn't uh, leave us hanging on that because you know how Coronation Street sometimes likes to leave us in suspense and I was worried that she wouldn't be able to secure it in time for Paul's birthday, but it looks like you don't need to worry about it. Okay. Paul invites Gemma to theirs for what sounds like the worst idea for a lockdown party, karaoke and dance mat. That sounds brilliant. During, during coronavirus. Gemma said... Now, what was, Gemma actually pointed out, didn't she? She said, that sounds a bit anti-lockdown to me. And Paul's like, no, it's just it's fine. Don't worry about it. Singing, you're not really supposed to do. Don't sing and don't flail your arms around. Although, I did see an article on the BBC website yesterday, I think, the news website yesterday, saying that singing is no worse than speaking very loudly. Well, don't do either. So, I think if Fred Elliott was still around, he'd be, he'd, he'd be in trouble. Singing is no different from shouting loudly or licking people's faces, so... Why don't you do all of them? Face-licking party. <laughs> Coronavirus face-licking party. Oh, I'm in. Shall I bring nibbles? <laughs> Shall I bring my twiglet Jenga? Bring nibbles and then I'll we'll empty the bowl and all the dust that's left at the bottom of the bowl, I'll sprinkle it all over your face and I'll just lick it right off. Let's not get crazy, Michael. Um, she says, I don't feel like celebrating now because we're not teenagers anymore. 
she's she's it, she's acting like she thinks this is a rubbish idea. I don't want a party with you. And I saw quite a few people online saying, "Why is Gemma being such a stick in the mud about it?" But she was trying. She's obviously, yeah. She was doing this stupid thing where somebody what, Gemma, somebody organizes a secret party, and then somebody else comes up with a better idea for a party and invites them, and they say, "No, I don't want to go." Yeah. At this point, why don't you just go, oh, Paul, we had a secret surprise party organised for you, but actually karaoke and dance, Matt, sounds way better than why I had. I don't really get what Which Gemma's party is. Which is listening parties. to PJ and Duncan. Uh, Gemma's party that we hear a bit about on Friday, I don't know. She's, she what wanted to make it twin theme, didn't she? She was going to get a, a pair of gold phones like Posh and Bex have, apparently. And I can't <laughs> remember what else. You know what's she needs gonna... that Coronation Street double axe jigsaw that we spent seven hours on our holiday making. That would we could send that to that them. party time, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be great if they could have everybody come to the party on Monday dressed as classic Coronation Street <laughs> double axe? <laughs> or the people... Like, mate, Rita <laughs> could invite Mavis along to it. <laughs> on Friday, Paul comes and tells Bernie that Gemma seems really sad and she doesn't even want to have a birthday party. Should we speak to the doctor? And this is, like, really mean. This is, this is an example of how the script doesn't really work because... You're slating this week's episode. Because the thing is, Gemma's got postnatal depression and now she's made Paul think that she's sad about her birthday to the extent that he's worried that she needs medical intervention. This is not how to make somebody excited for a surprise party or put them off the scent. You don't go, no, Paul, I want to stay at home and think about how my life has no meaning. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so, so, um, so Bernie's like, don't, don't, I'll talk to her. Or Kathy will. I've Don't got worry a doctorate from the University of Life. Whatever's wrong with her, I'll, I'll be able to sort it out. Salt Carla on it. She's the new therapist of the street. Have you tried not being sad? Have you tried going to one session of counselling? <laughs> so Gemma reveals her plans. Only for... there is a trained counsellor on the street with nothing to do at the moment. She's got her own troubles. Let's not bother her. <laughs> Gemma says, my plan for the double act... This is my plan... Je- Kathy and Bernie, my plan is to have a double act theme party and to also make Paul think I'm depressed and that I don't want to do karaoke. Because yeah. that's, intri- that's an intrinsic part. Um, I'm not going to do twins because I can't think of any famous ones. And everyone else... And then it's like it's like they've got a secret party. They do, don't they? They've got a secret party planned. Who? So that, Well, they must do because they're like, no, I can't afford that. I can't help you. So you're going to have to scale it back. Who was planning a party? I thought it was just Gemma and Billy. I don't know how much Billy's in on this party. Well, he's not in it. Do you think that Billy's planning a party with Kathy and Bernie and Gemma's planning her own surprise party? And and Paul's just going, Paul's just going, can we just have a normal party where everybody knows that they're going to a party? Can I just also point out the stupidity of one twin trying to organise a surprise party for the other twin? Oh, it's like the Vicar of Dibley Christmas special. You know, all the, all the Christmas lunches and they're going to be going around all the because, passes. Because I wasn't really paying attention because I was trying to do a tweet. But, I, but they, were talk, they were saying... They were saying, that sounds really you. expensive. That's too expensive. Yeah. I don't know what kind of double acts they thought that she was going to have. Was she, did she think that they were good? Did they think that she was actually saying, I want to hire the cheeky girls and PJ and Duncan to come to this party? Or did she, did, was she trying to say, I'm just going to print out some pictures and stick them on lollipops? I'm not sure. Um... 
But no, they said that sounds very expensive, but no, we're not actually going to pay for it, which I thought sounded pretty mean. Unless you're right, they are surprise, planning some surprise party Is of their own. Is this just a double hijink surprise? Everybody's oh, surprising each other. Maybe it is. I'm if sure they'll so, have a jolly time anyway until it gets revealed that Billy's actually looking after, looking out for his old ex-lover and Paul's going to leave the thing sad and then maybe one of the quads will be sick over Jebba. Yeah. Are they going to plan these secret surprise parties in separate places and spend the whole day waiting for each other to walk in? Or are they going to organise it all in the same place and be annoyed when they keep find, finding balloons where they hadn't put balloons? That reminds me, the other thing that was in the synopsis for... Monday's episode that didn't happen in it was that Billy tells Paul that he can't come to a birthday party next week because he's got some online church thing that he has to go to. So it is. It does but seem he like, doesn't say that in the episode. So it does seem as though everybody's organising a surprise secret party. I don't know. Never organise a surprise secret party for anybody because here is my reasoning. Number one, the people that love parties are already planning their own party and they don't need you to tell them that they're not going to have a party to make them enjoy the party more. You love planning your own birthday party. Number two, if you're the sort of person who doesn't like parties and is not going to plan a surprise party for yourself, you ain't going to want a surprise party because a surprise party is like double party. If you don't even care enough to make your own party... You ain't going to want a surprise party. But Gemma, Gemma and Paul both like parties, especially Gemma. She's a proper party animal. Here's Remember the my rave question. up she had at, che- at number five last year? Yeah, I do. With the smoke machine it, and everything. This party is going to be a disaster because it's going to be everybody standing in separate corners to each other, awkwardly laughing about all the hilarious double acts that Gemma ends up thinking of, which are going to be really annoying random references to people that are slightly crap. Mm. Here's my question... Is our surprise parties a secret television and movie conspiracy that only ever happen in fiction? Has anybody ever done a surprise party or gone to a surprise party or had a surprise party organised for them? Because I'm starting to think that this is a big myth that never actually happens. You're just gutted that nobody's ever made a surprise party for you. You can't organise a surprise party for me because I find out. And if you do organise one and I don't find out, I'll just get angry at everybody for lying to me. Gemma would totally get angry. If anybody was to arrange a surprise party for Gemma... She would be so angry. She wouldn't be angry at the time. No. She'd wait until it was okay. over and then be mad at wow, me. What an amazing I would bear experience. the brunt of this. I'm so happy. Thanks, Even everyone. if I was nothing to do Michael, with organising it. can I speak to you in the kitchen? <laughs> I'll be back in a minute, everyone. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so ungrateful. Let's, let's, let's finish like this I don't like lying off. and sneaking about. This would, that would be the ultimate betrayal. Just have a party. How can a surprise party be any better than, an act, than a party that you get to look forward to? Also, you couldn't have a surprise party with me because you can never guarantee when I've had a meal last. I could have just eaten. <laughs> I want to enjoy my sandwiches. You need to have an empty belly, do you, before yeah, your party? no point otherwise. Right. What else happened in Coronation Street this week? Well, let me tell you, Tim and Sally have gone off to visit Gina because Tim's deciding to stick with his wife now and, he's, and, and, and that's about it, really. And Jeff is like, Rrr. Oh, no, yeah, because... He basically says to to Jeff, stop it, Dad. I'm sick of this. Don't play the martyr. Doesn't he? Yes. I thought you decided not to read the synopsis, or have you? I know. That's pretty much all that happened, really. They've just, they've just buggered off and the storyline's been put on hold, which, to be honest, I was quite pleased with because, as I was saying last week, I'm getting, getting a little bit strung out. 
I don't need this storyline at the moment. I don't need this storyline without Yasmin or Elaine. So they're, they're going away for a bit and to form a, um, a, a bubble with, with Gina. Did they say that on the show or did I get that from the synopsis as well? I don't know, but that's where they are. And, and we didn't even get to see Faye this week. So the whole thing about Faye finding out about how nasty Jeff is last week didn't particularly come to mind. But well, Sally it, it told did. him yeah. that Faye knows that what Jeff's like now. Yeah. So has Tim come over to Sally's side at last? I don't know, but I'm sure that by the time they get back from wherever Gina lives, have I'll have forgotten. I'll have forgotten about what's been going on. I'll, I'll I'm sure reminding. they will remind us in a very clumsy manner when they, they return. They don't always. They don't always. Right. <sighs> that was it for this week's Coronation Street, everybody. And honestly, as much as I've slated various bits of it and really, really nitpick some things that Coronation Street maybe didn't have that much control over because there is a pandemic going on, don't you know? I still didn't think it was that bad. My and I gave last week's two, I think, Listen, out of five. And I think this week's is better. My main problem at the moment with Coronation Street is a lack of internal logic in the scripts and how characters are reacting and things that people are saying just feels like nobody's thought about how human beings think about things. Oh, I'm sure they have, though. They thought Everything's really just gone a bit wrong. Now. Everything's gone a bit wrong. It's just a bad patch. It will come out of it. I always and honestly, panic when this happens. Honestly, I think that if they ease off on the comedy, on the Todd story, that could be decent next week. Um, I'm sure... I'd like to think that the Gemma and Paul storyline could be nice and have nice party stuff. Um, I am not too fussed about the Gary and Maria, but again, that... That storyline could be put on hold for now, couldn't it? Well, 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 they're on honeymoon at least. I don't need to see Adam have tr- oh, yeah. almost reconciling with Sarah again. Honestly, he just needs to go to the bloody police station himself if he's that worried about exactly. Gary being sent down. Because but, yeah, now he's split up Daniel's with Sarah. Daniel's storyline. I'm looking forward to. Now he's split up with Sarah. What is stopping him from just going to the police and going, "Oh, there's been a murder." What's he care? Does he have any lingering feelings for Sarah? But if he does have any lingering... I'm just surprised about how he seems completely emotionless about the fact that his marriage is broken down. He's just like, well, I'm done. It's the theme of this marriage. I feel exactly the same way about this marriage as I did when we got married. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I just wanted to get married for the day. That's all I wanted, Sarah. I wanted to feel beautiful for one day. I am going to be giving this week's Coronation Street three remorseful little outs out of five because I thought it was okay, not terrible, obviously not amazing. And I wanted to give a shout out to that little out who um, saw the error of his ways and picked up that drinks bottle and put it in the bin. Crisps can after Bernie shouted at him. Crisps can. He didn't didn't have a go at her. He didn't say, stuff you, Bernie. He said... Mary. It was Mary. Mary. I'm so sorry. Oh, I do apologise. I'm going to put it in the bin. I didn't see this receptacle. Yes. Uh, I think he just said I was expecting a, a, a group of teenagers in fluorescent yellow jackets to come it's and pick this up for me. Because don't, don't they do this round here? <laughs> last time I was here, somebody just took it away. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last time... In real life, happened. you go... F you... I think they've given up on that scheme. Because the last time they tried it, um, it ended up in a fight and I do... You know, Addy was beating up that Made person letter, calling his sister it? a slag. Because he was just on the floor. What are you giving this week out of five? I'm giving this two and a half Ooh. cockroaches living in your ear since 2010. And I think this was a secret cry for help from the scriptwriter who has had 
a, a little voice in their ear since 2010 telling them things that actually turn out to be really crap when you write them down in a script. Oh, don't be so mean. It's not that bad. It, honestly, Listen, I couldn't that... do this job. I couldn't do this job. This is so difficult. I wouldn't know how to do this. But I can still watch it and go, this didn't work out very well, did it? For all the reasons that I've just spent an hour and 40 minutes explaining. It was not that bad. And I am giving them a whole early way because of COVID. And I know we're Just like four weeks into fingers. that now. Don't even try to do something if you can't, if you know you can't do it. I think, well done, that's my, this is why I don't, hard this week. This, That's my motto and that's why I don't have kids because that's what my what would be to them. And the you other have an criticism exam, I've got don't even try. Week. Don't even try. Don't I bother. just want to say what I said to you earlier about well, I'm glad that they've got more Jenny at the moment, but I still want more because it literally could be anyone delivering Jenny's lines at the moment. It's sad to say I'm not getting much Jenny out of it. Again, it's because the stories are plot driven and not character driven. Yeah. Sad. And I, I, um, they need to... Uh... Who's your character of the week? <sighs> the cockroach. <laughs> Cockroach living in the ear of the person who wrote the magazine article that Bernie was reading. Come on. Was, I tell you what, that was a more interesting story than anything else that happened this no, week. No, it wasn't. I know, I'm being a bitch. I know. Tell um, L- Mark, but. little out. No. Because he had a story, he had a story arc, he had a character arc. <laughs> he started off, he th- and he was and he, the error is well, isn't he? He threw that rubbish on the floor and he he knew that he didn't want it anymore, Right. He had a problem. So he threw the rubbish on the floor. He thought he'd solved his problem, yeah? yeah? Then he hears a woman screaming at him from across the road. Shock, anger, confusion. Then he realised that he could solve his problem instantly by picking the rubbish up and putting it in the bin. And unlike any other Coronation Street character, he actually did that, solved his own problem, and then he went off on his merry way. He didn't an- agonise about he it didn't worry for, about for it. weeks. He didn't he have any cliffhangers. He saw the solution to his problem clearly in front of his face. He took advice and he achieved a goal and helped save the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to give it to Abby this week then? I think I'm going to give it to Abby. <laughs> or, or the engine block. Or the nurse who's like, here's the tray of drugs. I must go. Someone's dying. <laughs> Don't think... Oh gosh, who can I go to this week? I'm kind of I'm 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 going between Abby and Daniel at the moment. I bet um, you there are loads of people who work in the NHS or in the medical field who is watch who are watching that scene, screaming at the TV because there is no way this would happen. I'm sure there's people working in the NHS that go, "See, it happens all the time," and Not I've been told fault. off about it. Not my I've fault. I've been laid off because I did it. But look, there's a guy doing it See? on the TV. And then there's a load of people at home going, look, see what I told you about the engine landing on me? Well, my fault I couldn't move and go to see the twins off to Australia. I'm going to Ab- I'm gonna give it to Abby too. Yeah. Right. Great performance from Sally That's Khan. it for Street Talk. <laughs> On to the news. News time. What's in the news this week? Not much. But there have been some good things on telly. That we talk about because... Not Coronation Street. <laughs> about Coronation Street, the things we're going to be talking about. What else have we watched on telly recently? Golden State Killer, 
victim impact statements. <laughs> I don't think I've watched anything else for a long time. It's I, either been no, Coronation Street, ITV3 Coronation Street, which I am still behind on, and it's getting quite good at the moment. And 80s Coronation. 1983 Coronation Street. Um, what else? I no, literally haven't, no, you haven't watched anything else for about a month. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. I'm trying to think. Are you... Um, this podcast. Um, Done. Yes. Um, Battle Axis, we watched last week on the Corrie Collections and the High Days and Holidays this week. I and thought, it wasn't to do with Abby. It was to do with Not those sort of High Days, yeah. Um, I thought as a whole, I was really, really happy with that series, how it turned out. I was a little unsure about the no talking heads and stuff at the beginning and thought, oh, they're just going to show the same old clips again. But I thought they got the balance just right between those same old clips and new ones which you haven't seen much of in clip shows and and they didn't always pick the obvious choices and I know some people didn't like that um, but I thought it Can't did give please anybody I thought days. it gave the, some, some of the lesser characters partnerships battle axes holidays um, a chance to um, get, get back in the spotlight again for example on the high days and holidays this week I would have never have thought to have put the Marion Norris misery story on there oh. When you think of Corrie Holidays, you don't think that, do you? But I'm so glad they put that was on that there. Was that on when we did the podcast? No, that was a couple of years See, before the podcast started. The trouble is, a lot of the time, when I watch something back like that, I think to myself, what would we have said about that if it was on when we watched it for the podcast? I remember really enjoying it at the time. I thought it was brilliant. But I haven't seen it since. What I have seen since is Misery. So watching these oh. clips now made me appreciate them even more. It was brilliant. It was... It was absolutely <laughs> silly, but it's weird because Mary's still silly. Yeah. But I, I, I'm finding her a bit more grating at the moment. And I don't what know what it say? is because is I don't it, yeah. think she's that different. Yeah. But even watching even watching back to that from 2010, I wasn't like, oh, Mary's been silly all along. It's like, no, that was quite funny. I then. have to say, the very process of producing a weekly podcast about a TV show automatically invites you to be far more critical of, of the show than you would have been otherwise. And I'm sure everyone listening is, this, is in the same way because you guys are listening to this podcast where we criticise things. You're thinking about Coronation Street in a completely different way than perhaps you might have done if you were just watching it and forgetting about it every week. Thank you for so, that disclaimer. So even though we are very, very heavy-handed sometimes, for example, this week and last week <laughs> with our criticism of it, doesn't necessarily mean that the quality has changed, or, but you know, I can't, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, I, I really, really love watching that. What else? They had a bit of Tenerife. I think they, they came back, the, I didn't the think the bus, Tenerife was all that great. Bus oh, crash. they had the Windermere bus crash, which is one of my favourite episodes of the 60s. I love, love, love that. And they had, um, they had a bit of Tatton Park. Yes, they Ooh, Oh, they I had say. the always say, didn't they? You should have put that back on social they media. They didn't have... Because um, people didn't... A lot of people hadn't watched that episode. They didn't have any Blue John, did they? But that that was a great episode. A really, really nice one to finish it off with. And the Battle Axes one was cool as well. I think that was like two weeks ago. I can't remember everyone they had on that one. But I assume they had... Yeah, they had a Blanche segment, didn't they? I wish I... They had I, one on Vera, who I thought... I didn't know whether I would count her as a Battle Axe. And it made me question... What is a battle axe? Does it it's need to woman, be an old woman with grey hair? Shall I tell you what a battle axe is? It's a woman who says anything that a man doesn't want to hear. <laughs> I don't know. You, did, you did know then, didn't you? So are you a battle axe? Yeah, okay. 
No, and it talked about Ivy as well. And I was thinking, is, Ivy isn't a Valentine's Day. Maybe she is. But, so I, I don't thought, think they're traditional battle axes. No. Did they have a segment on the Evelyn? I, My, that, I think great. a battle axe is a woman who you are scared of getting on the wrong side of yeah. who has to be over the age of 65. There's, there's got to be an age limit, you hasn't there? That. That's the thing. It's not to do with disrespecting women because of their age. It's to do with accumulating gravitas over your over life and mm. getting to the point at which that niggly little you have to be liked by everybody That's it. spirit that women get told from birth that is the most it's important thing. when you're thing. old enough when to you not get care what other people think. to the certain think. age as a woman, you go, do you know what? I don't even care anymore. You can all go to hell. Mm. And sadly, some people never get to that stage, but I cannot wait until I am 65 <laughs> and I can tell everybody to get lost. I'm already in training, as you can tell. So we had also had, that was Monday, and then Wednesday was the Ken Barlow special, wasn't it? And that's the first of four special Coronation Street programmes that they're basing on certain curry icons. I don't know why they picked Ken, because he's hardly been in it. <laughs> they, this, this was done clearly done in a different style, and I was wondering how this was going to be pulled off, and like, is it just going to be exactly the same? But they managed to differentiate it, for example, by having some of the cast talking about him, and they and we got some clips from Bill in his home. It's funny, when he came on, yeah. it's like, I recognise that background, he's yeah. been, a, he's been he's doing the... In his conservatory again. Yeah, yeah. You've uh, been doing the, uh, the morning TV uh, interviews from there. I want to know whether he's like... This is the question I always have in my mind. Is this his favourite room of the house? Or is this just the most anonymous room of the house? It's where he can show off his big garden. How, what would you pick if you, were, if, you were, if you were a Coronation Street star? Would you... Would what, you living like in this house? Pick, yeah, you almost... Well, you know, because there's no showy-offy bit of this house, is there? What's... It's like the, what's the least hideous? I've, well, I've, when I've been doing some You've of my Zoom interviews, I, would, I have sat in front of um, Stan and Hilda and Elsie and Ina over there. Oh, yeah, so I would do something in here. Anyway, I, I don't want to talk about that. The Sorry. Ken Barlow programme. I was glad that the, uh, I w- this is the time that I pushed Anne Kirkbride up against the door was just about touched on, but he didn't go full on into that story. He probably just cut out half an hour of him. That we- Talking about how he terrorised Anne Kirkbride. Disappointed we didn't get a, uh, a compilation of clips of him saying, what? I know, that but would have been great. interested by his um, re- his recount of the um, yes. Johnny Briggs and uh, Mike Baldwin death scene. I really liked how they let that in. I know. I, when he was there, and he was saying, oh, I didn't think of this one as well. This was, I was rubbish. I was wondering whether there were people in the background saying, Bill's criticising Corey, do we, do we cut it? Can anybody dare telling him to stop? No, don't worry who about was... it. We'll just cut it out when we put it together. And then they forgot. Who was working on the show then that is still there now, though? What do you mean? What, actor-wise? No, production-wise. Like, is anybody... Nobody's listening to that going, I can't believe... Well, it's slightly different producer was, and Kieran Roberts. He was Roberts, talking isn't about yeah. the fact that he never got another take. Yeah, he did. So it would have well. been the director or the producer who was responsible. And if those people aren't around anymore, then everyone else is just like, throw mm. them under the bus. We've got to get a good show out of this. But you've got to protect the brand. And, and no, because no. This is. I did show like, that no, no, no. This is it. This was his. This was like, if, if I didn't know better, because William Roach is going nowhere, this looked like his answer to. What's your greatest weakness? And his answer was, I am such a perfectionist that I'm going to slag off the TV show that I've been in for 60 years on television <laughs> because of how great an actor I am and how I wanted to have more than one take. Yeah, he... Um, I mean, it, it does show what a perfectionist is because I, I think that scene 
It's great. I, I like I to really, see him doing better I really than that. like Mike Baldwin's death scene. Oh, uh, Barlow. Ah, oh, she's mine. Deirdre's mine, Barlow. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> That's exactly how. <laughs> he was, and then he comes over to him and says, Emily. Oh dear. <laughs> Someone died. Let me have a look. <laughs> anyway. No, I really appreciated show. that. It makes me wonder what is, because uh, who's next week? Sally is next week. Sally, Sally uh, Webster Metcalf Denver. What is, De- what is Sally Devener going to slag off? Um, I wish I'd spat in Molly's face when I left her to die. Oh, I hope they show that scene. They'll they definitely they show to. the scene where she slaps Natalie Oryx across the face as well. Yes. She can talk about that and maybe they'll even have Denise Welch make an appearance. Oh, Amanda Barry was on it, wasn't she? Amanda Barry, yeah, because you were talking, I can't remember what you were saying. I was saying, oh, when they're going to get Anne Reid to come on that's and talk right, about it. That's right, because Anne Reid would have been When they're going to get the Lummers to went, come on. They're not going to have anybody on it that's not into Coronation Street now. And then uh, Amanda Barry went, shut up, Gemma, you don't know anything. Yeah, she had like three things to say, didn't she? She they had, had three they had things her, to they say. They had Kate Ford, they had Chris Gascoigne. Um, Chris Gascoigne wins the best background award. Did he, yeah. he had like cool slatted blinds, like wooden slatted blinds, and a and a p- big plant. Oh okay, I can't remember who else I had, but anyway, jolly good. <gasps> I wonder if they'll have the Flanagan on the Sally one. Oh, Ooh, she's I hope in Tokyo. So. No, that's Rosie. <laughs> they'll have a. They'll have. They'll have Mike Lavelle. All oh, right, I'm bored now. Look, what's. <sighs> Right, and also in Good Morning Britain. Yeah, Good Morning Britain this week, Bill was on it, and he, and he said that the over-70s have still not been called to resume filming on Coronation Street, which means it's going to be, boy, at least November, I guess, until they Get all rock up. Get them back Stop in time Stop going around other people's houses and having karaoke parties and licking each other, because the more You've you do this... you a real this, thing about licking each other. I, I can only assume that's what people are doing. You the need to get keep, up there next listen, time the government do a the TV briefing and kick out, off the science right? guy and say, just stop licking each other. The government keeps saying more and more outrageous things about how you can't, you basically can't catch it from anything. You can't catch it from going to work. You can't catch it from being in an office. You can't catch it from going to school. You can't catch it from children. Everything that's convenient for them, right? Yeah. But somehow, we keep all still getting it off each other. So explain to me how it's happening unless it's not people licking each other. <laughs> <laughs> can't exactly it's science inexplicable um, speaking of oldies no offence there was an, also an article I saw online earlier this week saying that Maureen Lippman had been spotted in Media City and she had a mask and gloves on so she's taking it seriously so she was either unlike the vast majority of Manchester reacting to coronavirus or trying to rob Pret. <laughs> she sent sent Hayley to Madden as her uh, <laughs> Distraction. <laughs> right. Um, also, this week, if you haven't watched those programmes, do watch them. They're great, and I'm sure they'll be available on the internet or they'll be put them up in Canada telly in a couple of weeks. But another thing to watch this week, no, listen with your ears, is the Distinct Nostalgia podcast. I know I've banged on about them enough on this show, and I'm sure they talk about us all the time when I'm not listening. But this week, they interviewed Philip Lowry, who played Dennis Tanner, who is fast become one of my favourite characters ever on Coronation Street but definitely was a highlight in the 60s for me I couldn't interview Philip Lowry because the whole thing would just be going would just be me saying you know what you are brilliant Dennis Tanner's brilliant any questions? brilliant do you know how brilliant you are? (laughs) did you realise at the time how brilliant Dennis Tanner was or he came is it across, just now when I'm telling you that you've realised? He came across very lovely and still respectful of the show. He he did talk a little bit about the fact that he was let go. 
he said that um, Stuart Blackburn gave him the axe after Phil Collinson um, had hired him a few years ago. We're talking about his return now, obviously. Uh, well, but but he, uh, I'm sure that um, he could have, you know, said a lot more had he wanted to. <laughs> well, he listen, was, he's he, still holding on to that vain hope that it was all an elaborate pl- prank. Oh man! Because honestly, oh. if any character in that entire show is going to send, send somebody fake ashes, it's Dennis Tanner. <laughs> He talks a little bit about how his character in the in sort of the two thousands was different to how it was in the sixties as well because it was a whole different set of writers again and uh, but no, it was a really lovely interview and and he was the one that I was looking forward to listening to because because um, Ashley from Distinct Nostalgia just spoke to me a, a couple of months ago and he told me some of the Corrie people that they were going to be having on the podcast in the coming months and that was the name that it's like I cannot wait to listen to that and I was not disappointed so jolly good if you like old Corrie or even. Dennis in New Corrie. Get hold of that. Give it a listen. It's a fantastic interview. And we get to hear lots of anecdotes about all the lovely people that he was friends with on Coronation Street. It's just amazing, isn't it? That I know that I know that Will Roach still around and everything, that there's somebody else that you can talk to about being on the first episode of Coronation Street and clearly recall what it was like as he was filming that first episode live and how he was feeling in the seconds before it started broadcast in 1960. I know, I feel like it, it's it's like a pre- they're, they're a precious resource. He really, really is. And I and it's it's oh, you just want to grab his brain. I want to grab his brain and interview him on the podcast, but I don't know how. But for now, I will just content myself with with listening to that. It's jolly good. Go and have a listen. Final bit of news. I'll let you do give this bit of news. Uh, no, you do it. Bavna, Limbertier's got a job. Good for her. Don't say it like that, you patronising no, little turd. I'm saying she's got a, she's got a role. <laughs> is what you mean to say? Starring in a mystery film with Kelsey Grammer I'm just saying. and Carolyn Quinton, and it's called. And I don't think that anybody could have come up with a better title for a movie than this. I'm surprised this hasn't been taken. <laughs> Miss Willoughby and the Haunted Bookshop. I'd watch it. I like Sideshow Bob. it's not a sequel or anything. It's an original movie. Yes. Because it sounds like something that... It sounds like something I've heard of before. It's not a thing. It's new. <laughs> um, no, I'm just I'm saying well done to her because I hear it's quite hard for artsy people to get jobs at the moment. So I'm very well, if that's what her. you meant to say, it didn't come out like that. Sorry, Bab. Well just shut up now. I'd what is it. this, a children's film? I don't think so. Or is it just an eccentric film? It sounds like it is in that title. Well, Kelsey Grammer... I don't think they've given much And Carolyn Quinton. On it. That, I, I, it, sounds, it sounds interesting. It does sound a bit nutsy. Yeah. Which is the sort of thing I like. Yeah, so... And I assume... Keep your eye out for that. It's not Holly Willoughby. I assume not. I think we've run out of news now. Should we, should we do a bit of feedback? I would watch a, pro- a film about Holly Willoughby or in maybe, a bookshop. Maybe they'll send us a screener copy because they're giving a bit of a promo on the podcast. I'd, she's listened to this. She ain't sending us anything. Sorry for my stupid husband. Should we do feedback? Yes. <laughs> feedback time. What do people think of last week's Coronation Street? Well, I'll they tell you, they it thought crap. it was 2.78 out of 5. Gave it more than we did. What is they wrong did. with you lot? But they're... I think I think somebody gave it a four last week, which what? did bring it Get up out. a little bit. But, you keep um, them out the group, right? I, no, I, <laughs> all scores no, are welcome because we allow all opinions. We, no opinion is invalid unless you don't like the podcast. 
That'd be sad. Well, don't listen to it then. Um, if no, you don't like Coronation Street, stop watching it. I think most of the it. scores no, 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 were like twos and a half and threes and things. But anyway, 2.78. I'm very interested to see what they thought of this week, considering that I scored lower than everyone else last week, and I feel like I'm going to be scoring higher than everyone else this week. Yeah, I week. think you are. Hmm. Hill gave it two and a half casseroles with little mushrooms in out of five. Shay gave it two many sausage scenes out of five. This is all very culinary. And my favourite one this week, my winner of the week, was Stuart, who gave it two and a half metres apart out of five. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think we mentioned last week on the feedback section, but didn't have a chance to read it out because we forgot that we had a new iTunes review from yes. a Apple reviewer called Mad on a Plane, which is an amazing Are they username. mad and angry or are they crazy? Because you shouldn't Good be on a question. plane. You should be on a plane if you're either, really. <laughs> um, he slash she slash they say, ITV would have us believe that Tyrone and Fizz are the new <laughs> Jack and Vera. No, the soap magazine headliners would. Don't, but, don't disagree with the review. No, but we all know that it's actually Michael and Gemma. Yay! Henpecked husband? Oh, wait check. a minute. Fantastic warmth and chemistry? Check. Yeah. Actually, that's probably where the comparison falls oh. apart. T- Why is this a part of my personality? Teetotal Michael's impressive work ethic. <laughs> Because... <laughs> Couldn't be further from permanently thirsty Jack's work-shy ways. Both he and Gemma have put in countless hours of effort on our behalf, mostly me, over a period yeah. of many years to provide our weekly fix of spoiler-free <laughs> weatherfield views, news and reviews. I feel like a comparative newcomer to the podcast, only getting it on getting on board around episode 250. That's still pretty good innings. But now I can't imagine my weekend without it. And the arrival of the Munchie Patreon episode is always a treat. Oh, I wonder who it is. No, no, no. For those of us who don't do social media, that absence of spoilers means that we can always safely listen to the show and remain blissfully ignorant about forthcoming socially distanced <laughs> road traffic accidents, quicksand-related near-death experiences, yuletide shootings, roof collapses and... Holes going through <laughs> faces or not. <laughs> Highly recommended for anyone who loves the streets and has plenty of time on their hands. I'll award it five podcasts about a show that are actually much longer than the show itself out of five. Thank that was you, a really good Madeline review. That was a lovely review. <laughs> not just because it was five out of five. No, I enjoyed reading that. Thank Very you. entertaining All the review. Inside I'm glad that we I think we were able to mostly stay spoiler free. We did stay spoiler free this week, didn't we? I was worried Michael. that we let's move on. To the next bit of feedback, which is a, uh, I can't believe they said you're henpecked. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't call you a battle axe, did they? I don't mind. What's Rebecca thinking about last week's uh, curry? Enjoying Adam's scenes. Gary and Sarah are probably more suited than Maria and Gary, but I don't feel a spark between Gary and Sarah. I never have. I didn't. I did like you, Michael. Enjoy Tina's acting. She does breakdown acting very well. I did enjoy Emma's... They need to have her be one that Kevin gets called out to next time, then. <laughs> I've got a flat tyre, Kevin. Shut up. Not that sort of I did down. enjoy Stupid. Emma in Friday's episode, and David popping up always makes me smile. Will Gary and Maria get married? I don't really care. Am I going to say yes, as it will be more drama when the truth comes out? See, all of that musing and huffing and hawing about why are they, why did the writers get them, make them get married, and Rebecca just cuts to the heart of the matter. More dra- drama. more drama. More drama. I don't think she's wrong. Jeff amused me on Friday. However, I'm saddened by the story as if it had run its course, it would probably be over now. But due to COVID and having to wait until it's time to be able to enter a court room, yes, court cases are being held, but social distancing, etc., and have the trial. Yeah, do you think it would be over by now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether it would be over over, but yeah, it, it feels like it's been delayed, doesn't it? Sally and Tim won't split up over this, but like you, Gemma, sometimes it feels like they should be split up. I enjoyed Sally brandishing the broom like Alia did, although though that was funny. 
I'm still enjoying the story, but it seems to be treading water. It's not the story's fault, it's just due to COVID. Chesney, no comments about the shirtlisting. <laughs> I, however, enjoyed Gemma this week. I'm not so sure about her friendship with Vanessa. Bernie being Mama Bear mood was great, and that's what I like. That's when I like Bernie. I just hope if Gemma does decide to strike up another friendship with Vanessa, it's for the right reasons on Vanessa's part and she isn't using Gemma. Yes. I also like Bernie's mask growing in Dev's and I love Dev's beard. I know some people hated the sausage scene. Oh, I forgot about that. But I'm, I found it quite funny. Like Michael said, if it had been explained better on Monday's episode, or well, I suppose they explained it in Wednesday's episode. Gutted. That- so this is what happens, though, when you... I still don't get why they're spreading... A day over two episodes no. when they could just make self-contained days episodes. Oh, don't mind me. Carry on. Sorry. I've moaned about that already. Uh, I don't know. No, I don't know. There must be a reason. Where are we? Uh, Gutted Liz's exit was off screen due to COVID. Due to COVID again. I am, however, enjoying Toya and Imran fostering story. Although, like Gemma said, I don't know how they're going to get around social distancing unless they foster an older character. Maybe they just foster, foster a fifty-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> I just want someone to make me vegetable lasagna. Foster Ken. That's what fifty-year-old sound I like. I can't cope without uh, without Claudia anymore. Can I be your Ooh. foster son, please? What if they just foster? What about you know? Do you remember in the nineties there was that story about the kid that had to live in a bubble because they were allergic to air? Oh yeah, the bubble kid. Yeah. What if they had that? What if they had to foster a bubble kid? Do they have them still? I think that is a soap first. If it, if they want to go down that, first write socially it down. distanced bubble child fostering story. It's like it reminds me of like you know with the quads like put them in for a big explosion like look we've got quads and it's like oh no what do we do with them that'd be the same with this wouldn't it? What do we do with this bloody bubble kid? Yeah, literally can't move out of the room. <laughs> um, it's a shame that I have iron lungs still, isn't it? <laughs> I also appreciated Imran's fist bump and his client's obsession with custard creams. The Abbey scene seemed a bit random, but hopefully we'll get more Abbey next week. Oh, you'll have some Abbey. Ooh. And Mary's scenes were daft but harmless. I mean, that's the best way you can describe a lot of the, what mm. went on this week. Daft but harmless. Mm. Character of the Week was Bernie. Give it three Winderlands out of five. Thank, Thank you, Rebecca. Rebecca. Oh, now I put this one in. What? Um, I put this in from Facebook. This is what Joe posted on Facebook this afternoon, oh. which made me happy. Okay. She says she's finally got round to watching the Manchester location tour videos. Fantastic. What a great job you did on those. Thanks. I really enjoyed them. Lots of places to add to my list now on my next visit to Manchester. Although, sadly, probably won't be able to fit it into my Whistletop University drop-off in a few weeks. Oh. There's definitely a book or something in the making there, Michael and Gemma. Your map with pins, photos, your recreation photos, bit of background, visitor info, best times to go, etc, etc. Get writing it and talk to ITV before someone else does. Is that I mean, somebody else could um, could send our photos in. Yeah. I, but I, I think that would be a great book. I don't think I feel like I'm fully qualified enough to be able to do it myself. I don't think anyone would buy a book about our trip to Manchester. No, but I think... I wonder... Wh- it's a would nice people, idea that everybody has such faith in us that people are are as interested as they are. I mean, people in... buy Corrie books, don't they? And there's only so many times you can trot out a book that's basically retelling everything that's happened in Coronation Street. Now, looking I at this book that, that's being put together for the 60th anniversary this year with things like the family trees, the QR codes and everything, that looks like they've got a bit of a different spin on I'm it. I'm so excited about that book. But We should interview the author. I know. Um, but, yeah... Would people buy this? Do people want no. to go on curry tours? But no. Canadians would. And yeah. people coming on 
I don't know. I'd just be there's interested if it was a if Listen, it was a general go on. There's a difference between five people, fifteen people who want to spend five grand to go on a tour a year than five thousand people who'd spend fifteen quid on buying a book. I think that maybe if the book was a general this behind the scenes curry book. Off air. No, it's to do with this email, feedback email. I know, it's really lovely that people have faith in, in in our ability to number one write a book and number two to get enough people to care about it to make it worth doing. I'm saying but that if it was a behind the scenes general book, like like this like this one that you got me this week, the behind the scenes story or whatever it was, if it had load of how Corey <laughs> is made, yeah. but a section in the book about here's where you can go to find different yeah, things. I tell you what would probably sell is a book a zine about it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, what's special for the sixtieth? Mm-hmm. Nobody. All right. But anyway, like like I said, Nobody's like I said money before, you're obsessed. If um, what am I obsessed with? <laughs> money. Yeah. What would you? What you'd write a book for free? <laughs> this is your problem. No, I would not. You would if somebody told you to. If anybody would like to know where anything is that we went to on our recent trip to we'll Manchester, tell you for 15 quid. we will tell you for free. Fifteen quid. <laughs> Ask me, don't Seven ask Gemma. £7.50. <laughs> <laughs> also send you a personalised birthday message. <laughs> oh my God, just shut up. Chad says, let me start by saying that I find Gemma's rants hilarious and I often find myself agreeing with what she is saying. When she's criticising a particular performance, I think it's very clear that she means no disrespect to the actor playing the role and ultimately it's more of a criticism for the storyline team, which is fair because they can't get it right all the time. The actor can only do their best with the material they are given. All that being said, even when it's a less than stellar week of Corrie, it remains head and shoulders above the rest and is one of the many reasons it is the longest running soap opera in the world. As always, loving the podcast. I work in clothing retail and I listen to it often when I'm alone in the warehouse, pre-retailing our deliveries, and it definitely helps the time pass more quickly. Thank you for all the effort you both put in and long may Conversation Street continue. Long. Thank you, long may- Chad. Thank you. That's just a nice one about the podcast, isn't it? Rant away, Gemma. Yeah, we shouldn't read out all these ones that are just us people saying that we're cool. Because I know that. (laughs) Nancy. I'm so glad that people understand where my criticism comes from. I feel so bad about criticism. I also feel bad about criticising writing and storylining. Got to be done. Someone's got to do it. Oh. (laughs) Hello, Michael and Gemma, says Nancy. Hello. She enjoyed watching Sarah this week. Tina O'Brien is such a good actress. Yep. I don't think the wedding is going to be smooth sailing for Maria. <laughs> Adam needs to decide if he loves Sarah or not. I'm not sure he knows. I, I wonder if he'll tell know. him, man. I uh, think, yeah, does he? Does he know? It's it's so hard. Like I, I've literally seen no evidence that I can remember I that know. Adam loves Sarah. No, he he seems. I tell you what, the fact he that seems he doesn't seem disproportionately pleased to be able to get out of this relationship and blame it on Sarah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, I think Sally continues to do a good job standing up to Tim. I think she and Alia. I think she gave Alia the money because she thought it was the right thing to do. It's interesting the way Jeff was trying to control Sally, even though he should have realised it will not work. Mm-hmm. Look to me that Sally is not too worried about her and Tim's wedding not taking place, though. Yeah, I thought that she did. Um, looks like the trial will not start until later in the year. And is Paula going to defend Yasmin? I wonder. I think I wonder whether they'll get Paula back in it because she did make that random appearance Why did she earlier appear? on this it's year. Like she was a mirage. It depends. I suppose it depends what um, what Sterling's up to on her other, other gigs that she's got going. But I'm thinking, what? 
Is that how dare somebody work on something else other than <laughs> Coronation Street? I don't know why you do that. I think I was thinking of something else. The BBC? She's got a job with the Beeb? Taking money from the Beeb? Um, I was not surprised that Liz is in Spain. I was surprised, though, the way we found out about it from Steve. I wonder if he's going to have a video call with her. I'm assuming we've not heard the last of her. I you still have. don't know. You have. I feel like we have. Although she made an appearance on the Ken Barlow special as well, didn't she? Yeah, but she ain't filming Coronation Street scenes with She's... her phone on a tripod. She might do. Why Loved... are you saying that? I don't know. I don't know. It just feels like oh, it's weird. Lots of things are weird Loves right now. Loves touring run scenes. I think they'll be fostering someone older. I wish they would have their own storyline, though. Mary yep. giving Sean the Ben Shepherd Pontro. It's interesting. It would have been funnier if Patty Clare had not been on Good Morning Britain talking to Ben about this story, though. I do like Patty Oh, my God. Sean. Yeah, she... Did she go She on? went on there and talked about What did Ben Shepherd say? I don't know. I haven't Was he like, it. I'm flattered, but, but scared? That was another thing. It just feels like sometimes I can see a screenshot... You said this before. And then, I know, it's like with the Abbey thing, and, and I get everything out of it, and, and when I watch the story, I feel like I've already seen the scenes. Stop spoiling things, Coronation well, stop Street. Looking, stop looking, then. Teasing. Why do you keep looking at the pictures? Because they appear on the feed. I don't see it. You're not dedicated enough. No. The Gemma and Chesney <laughs> story was kind of silly. I think they could give both Sam and Dolly better lines. Yes. Jay's Hazelgrove, though, did very well. Yes. Um, I think this week's episode... I'll give this week's episode three cosy Ben Shepherd ponchos. And my character of the week is Bernie. Also, that's Becca and um, Nancy that give Bernie. Yeah, Bernie did, did well. Did you give Bernie character of the week last week? I think you did, actually. I didn't. Because uh, I was mad that Bernie was sticking an ebb in. When I last week. You don't understand a mother's spirit. No. Never will. Fa- no. Fangirl Overload123 sent us the final bit of feedback, right? This is the final bit. That makes it sound like she's never going to write to us again. This is this week's final bit of feedback, yes. Yeah, for the podcast. This week. (laughs) We've established now. Okay. First off, Gary and Maria have no chemistry whatsoever. Watching the scene where Tyrone proposed to her really proved how downhill Cory couples have gone in the past few years. Yes, that was on the High Days and Holidays episode, wasn't it? Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that scene so much. Well, even, even watching that... And not really having seen Tyrone and Maria. No, you never saw them as a couple I together, did you? I can still see this means something. You can tell from that one scene yeah, and more than anything that yeah. Sarah and Gary and Maria and, uh, and Adam... I say, I've still got the wrong couples up there. Oh, that scene is brilliant. Right. She says, Tim finally saw the light. Him acknowledging that Jeff isn't Mr. Perfect was great. Gemma will probably start to have problems again, but feel like she needs to be strong for the blog. Yeah, that's that seems like a good call for yeah. how that's going to go. Mm, Putting yeah. on a brave face for her public, like I have to do every week. <laughs> <laughs> Abby's story is really good this week, but please don't let it become another... Um, blah, 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 and become another addiction story. Oh, see, that's what we said. Abby, Billy, Kylie, they've had this story multiple times now. I swear I didn't read this and just copied the comments when I did the street talk earlier. I can't wait to see the Todd story progress further. I know people will think it will cause Billy and Paul to break up, but I hope there is an ulterior motive for us to hear of them after all this time. I also think Daniel will start developing feelings for Nikki, but she won't feel the same way. That's very interesting because that's exactly the opposite of what I think is going on. Yeah. Something definitely is going... We both agreed something's going on. <laughs> I don't... Whatever happens, I cannot see the two of them lasting. I don't think they're going to be the next... They're really not very well married suited, couple. are they? No, no, not at all. I don't know, because I don't think... I don't feel like we know the real Nikki yet. 
We've seen no. her be Sinead. You're right there. When we've seen Daniel sort of uh, pour his heart out to her and she's just been a listener. Yeah. I suppose the most we've seen out of Nicky was that first time that he met her in the bar, but she was just being overly bubbly and stuff, but that's because she wanted to ensnare him Those to get her £150. Pounds. And their ensnaring tactics. Mm. Um, lastly, was Carla at Maria and Gary's wedding? I saw her helping Maria get ready on Friday, but not during the ceremony. I also think David could blackmail Gary since he knows she loves Sarah, not Maria. Then Gary will blackmail him about Callum. <laughs> Character this is why Sarah needs to tell David that everything that there's Gary no knows. score. I know. He, Who wants the score? You've written character of the week is Abby, and I give it bass in the middle of the day out of five. I did write back to Fangirl Overload one two three after this message came in and said how many bars in the middle of the day out of five do you want to give well, it? And she did not get well, back we to me. Will we ever know? Maybe she can tell us next week. What do yeah, you reckon? I want to know. What do you reckon? Because mm. you get these reviewers Three. that don't put scores on things anymore because they say, my word should be enough. That's how our magazine started. The original um, editor was like, we're not having scores. This is going to be our thing that we don't have scores. And about five issues in, we were like, put scores in it because then people will know. People, yeah, some people A lot people of the time, people like just scores, read the, score the review because they disagree with the score. Um I think it sounds like Fangirl Overload 1, 2, 3 gives this... I said three. I think three or three and a half, it sounds like to me. Well, there's no way to ever know. And that is it. Pretty much, apart from, before we go, we need to say thank you very much to a couple of new patrons that have signed up this week. Rebecca, Payne, and Una Sharma. Thank you very much. What a lovely name that is as well. angels. Yes. Very, very appreciative. Of all that, and I hope you enjoy all your lovely bonus Patreon content that is available just at your fingertips With and earbuds. With a new earbuds. episode coming soon. Dot, we are dot, hopefully, dot. hopefully going to do a new Patreon episode this weekend, and we've Please chosen God, a fairly easy topic. I hope I don't topic. have a headache tomorrow because I've had a headache I all week. As well. But that's it. If anyone would like to write to us between now and next week, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail dot com, or you can. Instagram message us or tweet at us Conversation Stewart or you can join our Facebook page I wouldn't page recommend Instagram group. messaging us though because they hide it yeah it's, it's, it's weird you can miss on Instagram and Twitter it is likely that we may miss your message without meaning to because of the way that they hide things from people that you don't follow yeah I got so a message you... I got a reply from somebody on Instagram last week who I messaged back in May and they're like oh I didn't notice I've only just noticed this sorry so oh yeah so um the best way if you want if you want feedback to be read out is to email it to us at conversationstreet at gmail.com yes that is the best way exactly um join I've, our facebook group yes it's full of really cool people and with no shortage of opinions can you subscribe to us on youtube oh we're getting more subscribers the numbers are going up and everything but if you haven't subscribed to us yet that'd be lovely and while you're there, have a look at our Manchester Tour video because I know that not everybody who listens to this podcast has watched that video yet and it is no, really good the, even if I do say so myself. The stats would be like 10,000 <laughs> 10, per day. Um, and, and, and our Coropedia Ultimate Character Survey. It is too late to vote now, but there I are still it. some um, good YouTube exclusive content there which you can't I... get anywhere else, which is us saying what we would give all 373 of Coro regular characters and... There are some fun little intros and outros by there's me. There's a big spider on a pillow. You've got oh to my stop gosh, there's a big spider it. on a pillow. Michael, right, you, you keep talking. Oh no. Goodbye, goodbye. Oh, the Aussies, the hey. The, See you later. Um, music from this. Why is it gone? I don't music know. from this podcast came from podcastscenes.com. Bye bye.